welcome to this week's episode of the Voice of the Force podcast. This is Temple Archives, and this week we're bringing you the High Republic, Midnight Horizon. My name is Noma, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Dan. Hey, how's it going, Noma? Yeah, not too bad. How about you? Uh, pretty good. I am excited to get into this book, because then we get to go to the next book. Yeah, that's right. And things are starting to pick up now. We're, they are. Uh, well, we'll talk about that later on. But yeah, this is this is an interesting book. It definitely, I don't think it was what any of us were expecting. No, but we've also got our other co-host, and that is Ed. Hello, hello. <laughs> How's it going? Uh, pretty good. Uh, this this book has me interested in more. There are some mm. half answers that we got in this that I I need the other half. Yeah. And I think in the books coming up for the High Republic, we should get those answers. But it's definitely, we're starting to see a, a path form. Yeah, definitely. So, mm-hmm. I, I'm liking it. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely a lot of the fears that we had expressed uh, when High Republic was launching. I, I believe at least half of them have been answered at this point. Mm-hmm. And it looks like it's going in a good direction. So, yeah, but we'll get into that. As, as I said, uh, later in our podcast, uh, Ed, do you mind telling the listeners what Temple Archives is all about? On Temple Archives, we go over Star Wars canon. That can be anything like books, comics, movies, big novels, whole series, whatever they may be. But we take the story and we summarize it for you. We tell you how it relates to legends and canon material. In this case, with being the High Republic, it's all canon material right now. We have a bit of discussion on it and we tell you where it fits into the timeline. And for Midnight Horizon, this is pretty much happening a year after the events of Tempest Runner, of all the stuff that happened on Valo, and the characters themselves in the in the story really let you know because everybody's still reeling from the events of a year previous. So they've gone through a whole year of dealing with Nihil and dealing with Drengir and all the craziness that's been happening in the galaxy. And we're really seeing the effects that come along with all of that in this book. And it gets explained in a really nice way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I said earlier, I think this book definitely surprised all of us, and not in a bad way. Um, and we'll get into that very soon. I keep teasing everybody, but, you know, if you've listened to Temple Archives before, you know how we set these up. So, without any further ado, before we get into these books, Dan, do you mind telling the listeners how they can contact us if they want to talk to us about Midnight Horizon or get angry at me for continuously leading them on (laughs) yeah you can find us over at voiceoftheforce.com where you can find our episode posts you can listen to them on the website through soundcloud you can also find our contact us page you can also find the shop you can find all of the albums that we had for the star wars celebration in chicago a few years back as well as uh you can find us on social media uh twitter and instagram at voiceforcepod if you retweet or repost our new episode tweets or posts stories does help with growing our listener base and is very much appreciated. You can email us over at voiceforce at gmail.com where you can tell us all of your qualms with everything we do or some of the things that you thought about this episode or the book that we're covering for this episode or maybe just the High Republic in general. You can also listen, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, and all major podcast platforms. Remember, if you review us with a five-star uh, review and a comment, it does help with people finding the Star Wars podcast, uh, us under Star Wars podcasts, 
And uh, you can subscribe for free or follow for free the latest episode as soon as it releases. Thank you, Dan. And speaking of supporting the podcast, we are now sponsored by Audible, which is very cool. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed our last commercial that we did, our little sponsor break, as it were. And honestly, you know, if you have any opinions on it, let us know as well from any of those places that Dan mentioned, because we'd love to, to hear what you think about this new opportunity for us. I mean, we're really excited. And there's not going to be a kind of ad this time. I'm just going to be real with you guys. I've been using Audible for years. And even before we started Voice of the Force, uh, I was using it for uh, as few as they were back then, Warhammer books. Because if you guys have listened to this podcast, you know I'm a big fan of Warhammer. So being able to listen to Eisenhorn and Ravener, those trilogies, and God's Ghosts these days now, again, it's been so nice to be able to kind of revisit and re-experience. Re I, I don't know if that's a word, but experience again these stories that I've loved. I've got all the novels behind me, but this way I... One of my favorite things to do with Audible is to be playing a single-player game where I can just kind of chill out and relax. Ironically, right now, that's Elden Ring, which you wouldn't think I'd be relaxing during, and sometimes I'm not. But it's so nice to be able to listen to, ironically, Midnight Horizon, which I was doing this week, while playing Elden Ring. And it's just... It's such a convenient way to save on time, right? I still love reading physical books, but just being able to... I really want to do this and this at the same time. Audible's so great for it. And, you know, like I said, I've also been listening to all the Star Wars books on Audible. They're all great. It's great production. I mean, one of my favorite audio dramas of all time is from Audible. It's a much lesser known one. It's not a Star Wars one. It's a Warhammer 40k uh, audio drama called Hunger about the Flesh Terrors. I love it. I've listened to it so many times. It's only an hour, but the production value is so good. Honestly, it's just, it's nice to that our first sponsor, at least for me, I think for all of us, our first sponsor is a platform that we know, and we know that it works, and we trust its quality, and we haven't had any bad experiences with it. I don't think any of us have so far, right? No, not at all. Yeah. So, that's our pitch for Audible. It's worked great for us for three plus years at this point, and uh, yeah, if this uh, kind of rambling incoherence has convinced you to give Audible a try. A, I'm very thankful. <laughs> and B, you can try out Audible for free by going to audibletrial.com slash voiceforcepod. That is audibletrial.com slash voiceforcepod. Uh, just in case, if it doesn't seem to be working out. I think we'll also be putting the link in the video description or in the video description, in the podcast description. So you can find it there as well. That will give you a free 30-day trial of Audible and you'll get your first audiobook for free as well. So it's a pretty good deal. And honestly, it's the same free trial I started with and it convinced me. So hopefully it'll work for some of you guys as well. Guys and gals, I always say guys, I should probably stop. <laughs> you get two credits if you're a Prime member too. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, so- what? Even more bullshit. <laughs> I'm even getting to. I'm only getting my one. My what is? Is he gonna just go into like under like Ward instead of Ed? Yeah. It's Ward. Premium Plus. How oh, dare! What the fuck is that? <laughs> but yeah, but I don't maybe know. link the accounts together. I don't know. 
I, I sign in with my Amazon. Account. Oh, you don't get it Fox now. It's only free trial. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. You get if you if so, you do the free yeah. trial yeah, through yeah, us, first, you get yeah. one free one credit for free. But if you have Prime before like before you sign up with us, oh, then you get okay. two for free. Okay. Hey, so I mean, yeah, if you don't have if you don't have Amazon Prime, sign up for that free Prime account. Sign up for that free Audible account. Optimize your free rewards, and then just remember. <laughs> just remember to to remember when those subscriptions expire but yeah overall that's our ad this week for you and with that and once again thank you audible for sponsoring us but with that being said let's head into the review like i said at the top this week we are going over the novel midnight horizon which is a star wars the high republic book so this book, the author is Daniel Jose Older. We've read a couple of books that he did as well in the past. And the cover art, uh, we got two different cover arts. So for the original, the one that they were using on Audible, the cover artists are Cristiano Spadoni, Ornella Savaris, and Gregor Krasinski. If I butchered any or mispronounced any of your names or any of the ones coming up, I apologize for that. We've also got the cover artist for the Walmart exclusive, which is Pascal Blanchet, and it was painted by Gonzalo Kenny. And the narrator is Todd Habercorn, who you might know because he's a pretty prolific voice actor. And yeah, the two cover arts that we've got uh, both have different characters on them for the most part, I think. Uh, so on the Amazon original one, we've got what I believe is Reed Silas and Cormac. Sorry, Jedi Master Cormac. Cormac. Uh, is it Cormac? I Cormac. thought it was Cormac. Cormac yeah. okay. It's Cormac. Cormac. I was calling him Cormac. Too, I know. It sounds cool. Yeah. yeah, a little bit. <laughs> and I think I've heard someone called Cormac before in, the, oh, in some video game. But Cormac uh, the Dragon. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Harry Potter. That's what I remember it from. <laughs> it was the Gryffindor trying out for the keeper position? Oh after... my god! Oh my god! That's right. Keeping with Ron, Hermione charmed. I, I can go on. I'm, not <laughs> I'm, I'm ashamed as a Harry Potter fan to not have remembered that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, tangent aside, the cover art, like we said, we got Wreath and Comac, and they're kind of walking side by side. We see them both with Wreath with his green and Comac with his blue lightsabers and kind of shrouded in a fog, not really showing where we are, and kind of keeping this whole setting very vague, which is true of the other cover, right? Uh, it looks pretty good. It's it's done pretty realistically. And uh, it's, it's interesting because, especially for me, we were talking about beforehand how a lot of the High Republic Jedi outfits were really flashy and very ostentatious, right? A lot of but, whites and gold, right? Yeah, yeah and, and very much kind of standing out and popping. But in this one, we've got Cormac, sorry, Cormac and Wreath, and they're both in much more muted, kind of more traditional Jedi robes. It's got that brown, and it's a lot of very, um, very bland colors, except for they've still got the gold uh, kind of in there. But even the gold in this uh, cover is muted. It looks pretty good, though, honestly. Overall, I like it. It's got a kind of sense of mystery and... and uh, imposing danger that we're not sure of, which kind of goes with this book. Uh, not for the entirety of it, but for parts of it, definitely. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Do you guys have any thoughts as well to add to this? Yeah, I was just going to say with the cover, I think I like the original cover more, and we'll go into the next cover in a second, but mm -hmm. um, I just like the the art style of this one. is really nice. And you're right, it kind of, it's very vague. Like, you don't know where this is or, like, what they're doing. But it's, like, mm. it's almost exuding, like, cool guys don't look at explosions kind of vibe. Yeah. <laughs> you know? There's no explosion yeah. behind oh. them. But there's, like, a, 
a structure of some sort. Yeah, it's very much either that or like the mysterious figures emerging from the fog. Yes, kind of a, yeah, a, a, to come save the day or yeah. to like intimidate somebody or something like that. Yeah, which I see a lot during Elden Ring before I get a you died screen. But no. <laughs> <laughs> you just see someone and you're dead. Yeah, um, just uh, what's that guy? Oops, okay. <laughs> I think Reese Silas looks a lot better in these robes than he did um, on like the other cover. I feel mm. like I, I'm not sure if it's the same from like Outer Shadows, I believe it was. Um, but I don't know. I just like, he looks like he's matured quite a bit in terms of his, like, Jedi-hood, I guess. Mm. And there's no pun intended there, but he is wearing a Jedi-hood. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> come on now. Uh, Comac, it's nice to kind of see Comac as a character painted or, like, drawn on a cover. Because mm. I don't, I can't really picture him very well, mm. very easily. Um, but yeah, no, I think, I think it's a really cool cover. Based on everything that we knew about him from Out of Shadows, I thought Comac could be a lot older than what this uh, picture depicted. So especially when they were describing him in the book, it was just like, okay, I got to get this old man look for him out of my head completely. Um, <laughs> but no, this this cover, it definitely shouts like, okay, there's been some kind of change. Is it significant? Is what is it because of what happened? With Valo, is it because of what happened with, uh, during Tempest Runner? But, but for the Jedi to like, just, you know what? Why aren't we wearing our ceremonial robes all the time, for lack of a better term? Mm-hmm. You know, what does this mean? And even because even with the um, the Walmart exclusive cover, like you still get those brown muted robes, like um, Rams in this one, and he's not even wearing like any cloak or anything like that. He's just got his plain. Mm-hmm. brown and white right so it's it's interesting it's interesting and not sinister but it just looks like you know th- this is a mission of importance or there's something of importance midnight horizon but you don't really see there's no dark sky or anything it's just a whole clouded gray background you know it's just like everything is clouded so it's like oh okay is this this is the horizon for darkness or something like that. Like what, what is the title insinuate? And you can, you can draw a lot from this. So I was really excited to get started on this. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. And kind of, you know, what you guys were going on, the Walmart cover is different in that it has wreath and then uh, wreath is in the forefront and it's, he's got his lightsaber. We can see some more detail of it. And then behind him, we've got uh, Ram Jamaran who's, like Ed was saying, he's just, it looks, it basically just looks like he's wearing generic Jedi robes and then like a modified technic, like brown robes over it to be a little bit more technical. Like mechanical stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. a little bit more of a fixer. And uh, then with them as well, we've got Zine Morala, who's just kind of standing there with her hand out because she's not allowed to have a lightsaber. She's just doing force uh, stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And same kind of, th- it's the same kind of background as the other uh, cover for reasons that are you know it's on the same planet so that makes sense and yeah it's it's kind of that same imposing mysteriousness right we've got dust coming in in this one it looks more like dust than a smoke cloud like before and it, it's uh yeah it's got it's got an ominous edge to it especially with the lighting here i can definitely kind of see what dan's talking about because the art style in this one looks like they were trying to merge the realistic art style that we've seen with the art that we saw for Race to Crash Point Tower, which was much mm-hmm. more cartoony. Mm-hmm. It's, so it's trying it's to merge. 
it it looks like and i guess it i guess it makes sense for where ram comes from i don't know if it makes as much sense for this book but it looks like they were trying to make like a young adults novel cover it, it well that's what this is this yeah. book is it really that's yeah. this is surprising for a young adults book no. yes yes yeah this is a young adult book it, okay. cl- it clued into me a lot with certain things that were being that's brought true. up again that i had problems yeah. with not problems, but like I was just like, okay, you've said it, mm. stop. Yeah, and I, I, I kept hearing things like that. I was just like, all right, I'm gonna just, ignore just, this. Yeah, just let on. it, just let it go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there is definitely. Again, we'll talk about it when we get to the actual discussion. But there is something that we had enjoyed when it had started in these book series, and since Rising Storm, it's starting to get a little bit grading. Mm. Yeah, I feel like the young adult stuff is gonna probably like that It'll way probably be doing it it's just it plateaued with rising storm like rising storm was definitely where i was like yeah this is an interesting dynamic and i really think that this is a cool thing to to talk about and now in every book since then it's been like all right we're doing this again all right, yeah. this. All right. or it's just like you know like how how much more before we just move on to like the actual problems in the universe that's going on and all the like danger and destruction yeah. and how we're dealing with yeah. that but uh, yeah. Anyways, with that mystery aside, you'll have to tune, keep tuning in to hear what's about. I'm just gonna make one point before we go uh, to the synopsis. But the the sticker on the front of this, the Walmart exclusive books. I know people are gonna buy it because it's exclusive version. Man, I hate when they put stickers on books, on covers, and it's like only at Walmart. And it's like that's why, like, I wish they would we put not. Them it's PTSD. With something. Yeah. Like, yeah. I stick the, the thing on the, on the, on the bag, bag or like or a vacuum seal. Little, exactly. Yeah. Or the little, the little booky things that they need to use a special key. Yeah. You take it mm. out of at the end and then like, okay, yeah. here's your book. That's not tarnished with all this thing. You got to try and get yeah. the residue I'm just like, off. man, it gives me yeah, so much yeah. PTSD because I've tried to rip a sticker off of one of my books and it's like, oh, you tear the book or pieces of the sticker get left behind. It's just, it's just a nightmare. Yeah. Another the, thing the that... worst part is when it's not even a sticker and it's actually embedded into the cup. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's just like, why would you ruin it like that? Yeah. Like, why? I can't look at this. Oh, Walmart. I'm, ex- <laughs> I'm excited or interested to know what the exclusive content is for the Walmart version of this. Cover and content, right? There yeah. might be a map or something in it. It could be, but content mm. sounds like plot stuff to me. So I'll do a little bit of research into that um, and see if Bonus I can pull chapter. it up. But. The other thing is I couldn't find the cover artist for the original cover on this originally. Mm. So like I, we listened to the audiobook and then I went on to the wiki as I normally do to see if I, you know, if there's a credit on there and there wasn't. Mm. So I'll have to add it in. But um, essentially, you can't find the artist on it very easily unless you have the physical book cover. Um, mm. You have to open the book up, go to the very end of the book to the dust jacket. And on the inside flap of the dust jacket, it has the artists on there. And so, uh, yeah, t- I had to actually go to Indigo because I, I wasn't going to buy it. I was just going to listen to the audiobook. But uh, yeah, that's where we found the cover artist for this issue. So was it because you're saying Dust Jacket? Was it a hardcover at that point? It was a hardcover. Yeah, it's a hardcover book. It's a smaller hardcover. It's slightly thicker, but it's a smaller size, mm-hmm. like the young adult mm-hmm. size, almost like Lost Stars size. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's just an interesting point that I, I just found it weird that they didn't have that as a. A thing that's prominent on any of the listings on any of the websites, like Disney's website, Barnes and Noble, Indigo, like mm-hmm. nowhere had any of that information. It was just the author, which makes like sense. The author's there, but you think the artist would be there too? Mm-hmm. It's weird. 
Yeah, but, you know, thankfully, at least you were able to, to figure it out. And you've heard it here first, folks. We're not powerful enough that we're editing <laughs> Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> or sorry, Star Wars uh, fandom.com, I guess. But yeah, with all of that being said, let's head into the synopsis proper. As such, it's time for your spoiler warning. As always, we're going to go into the book now. We're going to talk about it. We're going to give you a brief synopsis. And then we're going to talk about it as if we're assuming that you've read it. So if you want to read Midnight Horizon, which honestly I'd recommend, it's it's got a couple hiccups. I'll talk about those in the, right as I start the synopsis. But actually, you know, I should probably say it now because you might be leaving now. It's got a couple of hiccups, very slow beginning. And, but a really, really good ending. So if you would like to listen to Midnight Horizon before we start talking about this, pause here, go listen to it, then come back, and then you can enjoy without any fear of spoilers. So this is your final spoiler warning. Let's get into it. So I'm going to do the synopsis a little bit differently this time because there's basically two important parallel plots that are going on, which is what's actually happening in the book and the emotional uh, conflicts that are happening with the characters. So for the plot proper, we have basically got three different groups of, uh, well, characters that we know and a newer character. I think they're from the comics, but we, we hadn't read that comic. Uh, so team one is we've got Comac Vitus and Cantum Psy, who is also from the earlier comic that we'd read with Zine. Uh, and we've kind of got them working with, you know, their Padawans, uh, Reese Silas and Ram Jamaran, and their whole story basically has to do with them at Starlight, and they're trying to deal with, they're all trying to deal with their own issues that, like I said, I'll, I'll talk about that in a little bit, and are called to a mission to Corellia to kind of deal with some stuff that's going on, and they need them to help investigate with it, because uh, all of the other Jedi on Corellia are dealing with a lot of trouble that's going on on one of Corellia's moons. Suspected Nihil, but nobody really believes it's Nihil. So they go off to investigate. At the same time as that, on Corellia, we've got a, a young security specialist named Crash, who is in charge of a, like, basically like a bodyguard business with her and all of her employees. And they're also dealing with a lot of strange going on. It starts with a uh, kidnapping attempt that they attempt to thwart and it gets botched up and doesn't really go that well. And their target disappears, and they lose uh, two of their bodyguard, two of their or two of their employees in the process, which is important for Crash, because it turns out that uh, one of the two bodyguards was a I can't remember. It, it's it's a alien race that was in Solo. They're the Worm People, Gribbonid, Gristlid, no, Gristlid, Grindelid. Grindelid, there it is. It's he, uh, he was a Grindelid. And so we get a lot of their culture in this book because this is Corellia. Uh, it turns out that I guess if a Grindelid is killed, the high, the their entire family, which is basically a hive, as they call it, goes into vengeance mode. And basically, as it is set up, as it's explained to Crash by the, the bodyguard's mother, in quotes, uh, you basically the rule is that within three days, either the person who killed the Grindelid ha has to be found and brought before them, and then terrible things will happen to them, as is implied, or the person who made them get into the harm 
has to take their place if they can't be found. So basically what the Grindelid uh, matriarch is saying is either find who killed them or we're going to kill you. So that puts Crash into this position where it's basically her trying to salvage the reputation of her company while also trying to get revenge for her friend and not be killed by her friend's family. So it becomes this very entangled up web, uh, which also gets more complicated with, with one of the other people on Corellia who she knows very well. And at the, and at the same time with that, we've also got uh, Lulu Talasola and Zim and their whole little Padawan group that, who are also dealing with uh, a series of escalating events that end up with them running into Crix again, who was um, Zine's friend from the weird Force-hating planet, Force-revering but Jedi-hating planet that they came from. And yeah, kind of learning from Crix, we get we get an interesting part where because Zine knew him so well growing up, she's able to to trick him into thinking that she's more powerful than than she really is in, in the Force, and then he slips up, tells her about something going on in Corellia, which then leads... Uh, Zine to go to Corellia to help while Lula and everybody else takes Crix back to Starlight Beacon. So those are the plot convergences as, as far as they're going in, in, I'd say the first half of the book, I think, is basically all of this stuff put together. Like I said, it's very slow. Um, there's a lot, because we're also dealing with a lot of the emotional conflicts, like I said, and those as followed are, we've got Cantum Sai, who we'll talk about later, but uh, they, they're a character who we'd already seen from a comic, but I don't think any of us remember them because their impact is very negligible in it. Uh, Cantum is struggling with their past and how they feel about trying to let go of Master Yoda because we also learn in this book, I, it, I think it's something we missed in one of the kids' books, which is why we missed it. Something happened with Yoda and he's MIA right now and everyone's assuming he's dead, which is... Sure, it makes sense in the universe, but it's it's such a cheap move where it's like, oh my god, they're they're like, oh, what if he's dead? What if we'll never see him again? And it's like, yeah, oh no, I wonder, will Yoda ever come back? <laughs> What's that over there? Is that episode one? Oh, there he is. And it's just you know knowing going into this about it, but uh, we got that, and we got a lot of their backstory, which is also really interesting as they're kind of explaining uh, their life. And their kind of struggles, and the reason they're explaining this is because Komak is kind of in the same position that Skier has been in recently, where he's really struggling with his attunements of the Force, and if he even wants to be a Jedi, and just all these conflicting emotions and feelings, and this kind of inner turmoil and rage, and helplessness is, I think, the big thing that's really tearing them apart. And then at the same time with the Padawans, we've also got Reed Silas, who his... Struggle is definitely the, I guess it's the, it's, it's been around for the least amount of time because it really does start during this book where he's basically been like, okay, I've left Coruscant. I've understood. I've accepted the fact that Coruscant's not my home. Starlight is. So, you know, after the last books, it's, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep on doing my stuff at Starlight. I'm going to make sure that I don't leave here so that I can help everybody as best as I can. I'm going to be the best Jedi that I possibly can and help Starlight as much as I wait. Why are you taking me to Corellia? And so his struggle really comes from the fact that he'd finally accepted the second home and now it's gone. And he's got to now do the stuff on Corellia that he's not super thrilled about. Because when is Wreath ever thrilled about doing anything <laughs> as much as I love him? <laughs> and then at the same time, we also got Ram Jamaran, who's, I found this really interesting because it's the youngest character from the kids book who's dealing with, I, I think, a really 
adult problem, which is that he's experienced so much in the last year ish from Volo and from everything else. And it's just deadened him inside where he's just not really connecting with the force as well as he was. And he's got a lot of conflict on, on trying to figure out if he wants to keep being a Jedi or if he just, it's just overwhelming everything that's happened to him. And so he's really trying to struggle with his, he's really struggling with his connection to the force and trying to figure out what his path is. So we've got all four of these characters who all have their own problems. And then at the same time, it doesn't just end there because we've got crash who is dealing with all of this this kind of high stakes emotion, especially with the fact that Crash is very young. I think she's like sixteen, um, so she's dealing with her, you know, not being taken seriously by anybody else in the industry and trying to keep this uh, security group that she's got together while just trying to navigate through the den of snakes that is Corellian uh, upper class citizens you know like the the merchants and the businessmen and all that kind of stuff and the politicians and just trying to be the stoic leader that she thinks that she needs to be and then that kind of backfiring because it ends with her not being truthful to the rest of her uh security team it becomes very much of what she she's very much playing the just listen to me because i know what i'm doing i'm in charge just shut up and follow orders and that kind of alienating her team and uh so because as well as that it's kind of her friend uh Who's the new character we haven't met before? Svino Atchapet? They never say her first name that much, so I don't really remember it. Um, But Svino, who is this really, really popular dancer of this uh, alien race that I couldn't find an image for. They're called the Tamar. Uh, They're these multi-limbed alien race that can float somehow. It's not really ever explained why. Um, But through their interactions throughout the book, we kind of get them helping each other figure out their emotions and kind of grow as people. And with that, we get Chase, uh, I was going to say Chase, Crash kind of learning how to open up a little bit and then kind of exploring this relationship between Zvino and uh, Crash. And is it, it's like a will they, won't they? Is that how they even see each other? And then you kind of see how that will progress by the end of it. And then with that, we're not even done here because we got even more issues with the Padawan group. Uh, and the crux of that, because it is the entire Padawan group, I'm going to skip everybody who isn't Zine and uh, Lulu, uh, Lula, though, because they're really the only people that matter. Uh, because their entire kind of internal conflict is that it's like, yeah, we're best friends. We're best friends, right? We might not just be best friends. And that kind of being a thing that they're both realizing as they're going into it. And by the time they have parted ways and uh, Zine's going off to Corellia and Lula's going back to Starlight with everybody else, it has become a full-blown panic attack with both of them um, because they're both realizing, like, oh, God, I actually think I'm in love with her. And with Lula, just that being like, I don't understand how to process this. And with Zine, it's just like, I don't want to fuck up Lula's career of being a Jedi just because of this. Kind of thinking it's greedy, right? Um, so there's there's a lot of kind of half conversations and and almost attempts to say the full thing and we never really get to the full thing we're all we're always just cut just short on their part but yeah that's basically like i said that's the entire first half of the book and even i'd say even the first two thirds where it really starts to pick up is this web of intrigue and and trying to figure out as all three parties meet on corellia and are all working together in in various ways which has to do with a lot, like a lot, a lot of things where they basically make, make Zine, sorry, make Zine 
into this like mysterious pop idol who's showing up for this like gala event where every all of the people who are there are dressed up as the Nihil as they're realizing that the Nihil are on Corellia and they're trying to figure out like what's their plan and what's happening. And it all kind of comes to this big crescendo as we learn that uh, one of Crash's competitors in the security business, his client is a is working with the Nihil to try and free Corellia from the Republic. It's a really stupid plan. Oh, sorry. It, that's not what it is. It's that um, the the client is using the Nihil to try and show that Corellia is weakened under the Republic and they should be their own thing. However, that then gets hijacked because then we learn that the uh, person that Crash was guarding in the beginning was actually a double agent who was working with the Nihil to to get them onto Corellia because he actually wants the Republic like violently off of Corellia and and kind of like a it's totally not like a make Corellia great again uh comparison that they're trying to do there. And so everything kicks off from there. We learn that the Nihil's plot was that they were smuggling themselves onto Corellia so that they could uh, basically hit the Corellian shipyards where a new class of advanced uh, ship is being built for the Republic's defense fleet so they can take them, hijack those ships, and get to Starlight Beacon to attack it. And so as they're realizing all of this stuff and being like, oh god, everything's happening, we then get another spike of emotional concern because we learn during the party Starlight Beacon's actually being attacked. And there are hollow net images going out of Starlight Beacon basically tilting way too far over and smoke coming out of it. And all these things are happening. So now we're also getting like, oh, God, what's happening to Lula? And like, what's happening to all, all the Jedi, like Avar and everybody who's on Starlight Beacon right now? Like, what's happening? Small minor note that I was like, oh, yeah, what happened to Crix? Because I guess he was there, too. So maybe he's free again. Um, and so all this stuff's happening while at the same time now we've got all three groups trying to hit the Corellian spaceports as fast as possible so that they can stop the the Nihil from enacting their plan. So we get, again, a multi, uh, multi-layered approach where uh, Crash and Zine go down into the... I've already forgotten their name. Gr- Grindelid? Grindely? The Grindelies. <laughs> uh, they go through their tunnels to catch the politician that Crash had been protecting at the beginning, and then it turns out he's working with the Nihil. And I'll, I'll just say how that one ends, because that's the one that I guess has the the, the least impact on the ending. They bas- Crash, Crash basically tracks the politician down with the Grindelid's help and puts him in a position where he admits that he got the Grindelid that was working for Crash killed. And at that point, they even pull the, like, the Lethal Weapon 2 thing, where... Uh, the guy's like, oh, you're a security guard. You're not allowed to attack your client list. And Crash is like, yeah, but I'm not one of them anymore. I actually dissolved my business, which is something I, I did uh, skip, but I'll come back to that later. She's like, yeah, I'm not I'm not one of those anymore, but don't worry. I'm not going to kill you. I'm just not going to save you. And then the guy turns around and the Grindelid matriarch's like staring at him and she decapitates him with her teeth and it's pretty brutal because we get that while four of her children just literally, as it's described, uh, quarter him and then in such a fashion that it rips him to pieces. So that's surprisingly brutal. I wasn't expecting that to happen. I wasn't expecting a Mortal Kombat fatality in my <laughs> <story> book. <laughs> but yeah, that basically happens. And, and then 
she makes a deal with the Grindelids to get her to the spaceport so she can help out. At the same time, we get this hail mary desperate attempt because basically the only people who are able to defend the spaceports are all of the people that crash calls in as a favor which she basically says like we're about to get hit the night hill are going to steal all of our stuff they're going to humiliate us and they're going to kill all of our people i'm calling in every favor that i have please come and help so we get this ragtag group of Corellian defenders with crash's security team uh the remnants of her competitor security team and the jedi kind of going in it kicks off it gets so crazy we have comac and um we, yeah comac is also kind of going into like a like a kind of like a skier mode he's starting to almost go like fa- uh, he's getting very brutal yeah i don't know about feral but he's getting real brutal and just taking he's doing the same skier thing where he's just taking apart nihil and almost seeming to enjoy it at that same time we've got cantum who's also still just raging with the war of emotions in their mind and the two of them just basically trying to fight off the Nihil while both slowly getting battered down really brutally. And Reith is basically doing the same thing, trying to do the same thing. He gets, he, man, I love Reith as a character, but every book he's in, he just gets the shit kicked out of him. And in this book, he also, he takes a couple blaster bolts and he's still up and trying to. And by the end of it, his whole body's like basically a flight, like his nerves are all aflame with agony and while all of this is happening, Ram is also trying to pull his weight and trying to do that that Padawan thing. And he actually ends up uh, intercepting the Nihil as they're taking off by using one of the advanced ships. Because Ram, being the tech junkie that he has, had a huge, huge uh, fascination with these new ships and the shipbuilder himself. And so because of that, he's able to grab basically this... It, it's kind of weirdly described, but it's basically like an industrial drilling ship. And then uses that to disable the ships that the Nihil are able to get off of the ground and it basically just grounds them all with these. And then there's a crazy part where where he he tries to help Reef by putting him on a ship, but then the Nihil hijack that ship. So Reef tries to do something to help, but it doesn't work. And then Ram Ram ends up ramming, ironically, the ship, his ship into the ship that Reef's in and then saving Reef that way. And while all of this stuff is happening, all this craziness is going on, Comac's down completely, and Cantum's just, I, I think at this point, like, one of their arms is burned, and they've taken a bunch of bolts, and they're desperately trying to, they're they're trying to Ahsoka slash Darth Maul slash how many other people hold the hold the last Nihil ship that's trying to get away there, and uh, is basically just like, I can't do it, I'm so sorry, Master Yoda, I'm sorry I failed you, I have to let you go because you're distracting me, blah, blah, blah. And I, was, I remember thinking at that point, I was like, Maybe it's just because I read Edge of Balance, but the amount of times you mentioned Master Yoda, you're not going to summon him with your thoughts, right? And then the ship suddenly stops, even though Cantum's not, uh, has run out of, of energy and nobody else is around to help, and all the smoke dissipates, all the war cloud that the Nihil had brought in is gone, and Yoda's there, and it's him, and he just, we'll talk about it later, but considering everything that they were giving Comac a hard time for, the the thing that Yoda then immediately does afterwards, where I was like, oh, but that one's okay then, huh? <laughs> as yoda joins the fray and basically i mean it's yoda it's a younger yoda too so when he shows up the battle's over as he just obliterates the nihil and with their all of their uh, attacks or all of their forces combined they're actually able to cut off the nihil and obliterate them and just get rid of all of them and uh yeah as, as that is basically happening we've also still got those last kind of emotional parallels that are going on the big main one is that uh zine is has been like i kind of mentioned before 
Zine's been trying not to say anything to Lula because she doesn't want to screw up her chances of being a Jedi just because she likes her. But at the end of it, when she's not sure if she's going to live or die, she basically starts to try and record a message to Lula admitting it and then kind of almost gets to it and then kind of sort of doesn't really send it. So that's kind of where they're, will they, won't they go. Uh, Crash and, uh, oh, I've already forgotten her name, Sivith? Sivish? Savino. Savino, there we go. Uh, Crash and Savino kind of have that same thing going on as well, where this is kind of what I was saying, why Crash dissolves the security company, kind of just being confronted by so much death, because as well, her competitor dies during the Nihil party attack, uh, trying to protect the corrupt bodyguard, ironically. And... Crash just kind of comes to the decision where it's like, I'm my, I'm not willing to put my life on the line for these corrupt assholes anymore. It might be worth, it's good work and money and I'm good at it, but I, I do not want this life. So she dissolves the company and is basically like, I'm just going to roll with Savino now and we'll figure this out. And yeah, that's basically how their story wraps up. We also at the same time get a really interesting back and forth with Comac and uh, Cantum. Uh, which is basically Cantum explaining their uh, backstory to Comac, which I really enjoyed because it's something we talked about. And I'll go over a little bit more. But in Cantum's first appearance, they made no impact on the story at all. They're barely in it. I think they have one line. And so being able to then switch to a full opposite of getting a full Cantum backstory and really connecting with this character, I think this that was a really, really smart idea. So Cantum's backstory is basically that they were a Jedi apprentice for Yoda specifically, which was really interesting. And they basically, while they were in their, their apprenticeship, um, met an acrobat on another world and kind of fell hard for them, or for him, and was so conflicted with these feelings and this freedom and kind of being able to use their abilities because uh, this guy was a circus acrobat. And so being able to use their abilities to kind of in this new environment that they're really enjoying and getting this conflict with, you know, Cantum really wanting to be a Jedi, but really wanting to experience this and eventually coming to the conclusion that they were going to leave the Jedi Order and, and spend time with this guy instead and have a relationship and see what that was like. And it's very, uh, it kind of mirrors uh, the Obi-Wan backstory that we had and then didn't have, and it's back now. Um, and in two different ways, I'll go over that later on in the discussion, because I thought it was a neat parallel. And then basically showing how much control Cantum has over their emotions, because it ends with the realization where they realize, oh, the, the guy I love, he's going to leave. He's going to go off and do his own thing soon. I guess I should do the same thing and just be, they have a very amicable uh, end of their relationship. And then Cantum goes on to do a bunch of other things and, and eventually ends up working on this thing between Alderaan and Naboo until they end up trying to save some children from this event that happens. And one of the kids that they save is Lula. So it, that backstory ends with uh, Cantum returning to master Yoda as Yoda's in his own, High stakes, low stakes situation. It's an interesting kind of situation where Yoda actually runs out of force power and Cantum shows up at the last minute to help Yoda and then introduce Yoda to Lula. And so we get that kind of nice bow uh, wrapped around it. And it's interesting because Cantum is just trying to explain to Comac, who's really feeling unsure if he still wants to be a Jedi, like, look, you can walk away for a while. 
and come back. The important thing is just knowing that that option is always available to you, which might not go the way they were hoping it would. Uh, because when we get to the very end of the book, the end of the book ends with something where, where I think we were all like, wait, what? <laughs> uh, because it ends, big spoilers, like I said, I'm warning you right now, unless you've read Midnight Horizon and you already know. And specifically, if you also haven't listened to Falling Star, you might want to stop here and listen to Falling Star before you listen to this so you're not spoiled on it like we were. Uh, final spoiler warning, like I said, Fallen Star will get you up to date on what I'm about to say. All of the Jedi wake up one night because they all feel Starlight Beacon exploding. So Starlight Beacon's gone. And now they're all dealing with that. And I got really angry at a certain point. We'll talk about this coming up. Because Comac feels that Orla Jereni died in the explosion. And like I said, we'll talk about that because I have some very strong feelings about it. Um, and so we get a, a, a huge amount of conflict because for Wreath, this means, cool, that place I just accepted as home has gone. I, I hope Vernestra and, and Emery weren't there. I don't know. Was Lula there? And then Zine's freaking out even harder, being like, I don't, what, ha what the hell happened to Lula? And is basically at the point where she has to keep reminding herself, Lula's listed as missing in action at this point. We don't know. And I have to tell myself that there's a chance. And so it ends on a very, it's a, it's a very, very good, somber, emotional moment where Wreath thinks he's going to a meeting and it turns out he's going to his knighting ceremony. And he actually has, like, basically has a mental breakdown where it's just like, I have imagined that, it, that my knighting was going to be on Starlight Beacon. It's going to be with all my friends. And I could brag to them about this and have a good time and remember as being an amazing experience. And I have to get knighted knowing that my friends all might be dead with everybody. And I can tell nobody's taking this situation well. Because how could you? And eventually he, he accepts that, okay, I will be knighted. I will do this. As long as I've got my friends here and my master, I'll be fine. And so he does the knighting ceremony. And then we get hit with the double punch because Comac gives Wreath his lightsaber. And Wreath's like, what, is, what are you doing? And, and Comac's like, I'm sorry, I can't do this anymore. I, I can't. So I, I wish I could learn with you, Wreath, because I think you, as I said before, you're my best you were the pupil that I would have learned the most from. And I'm so sorry that I failed you. And then uh, Canton freaks out too, because they even say like, Wreath, the story I told you wasn't so that you could walk away. It was supposed to be for, you know, I didn't mean for you to take it like this. And Comic's like, I'm so, I'm sorry, guys. I, I, I just can't. And so he just leaves. And so he's gone now. And so now I'm like, oh, cool. So you just take two characters I love. And now you're doing this to them. And it's just... So now we're dealing with this, and then we get a thing from Yoda, which I, I really enjoyed. I think we all really enjoyed because it's really starting to hint at what's happening in this time period now. Where Yoda says, like, the he basically, I'm not going to do the Yoda voice, but he basically says the unthinkables happened. The Jedi are at risk now. We need to all, all of us, come back to Coruscant and figure out what to do. And we even get told that the relocation, or the... the um, emergency temple beacon broadcast has been activated so all the jedi across the galaxy it's the same thing as order 66 are being told to return so we get a precedent for it which is nice but yeah it's starting to be like oh god all right the jedi are not reacting well to what's happening now between 
uh, what happened in Rising Storm and now uh, Fallen Star, as we're going to see. And uh, yeah, that that kind of that kind of wraps up uh, Midnight Horizon. Um, first thoughts off the bat. I mean, we said this a bunch of times before, but I wasn't expecting too much from this book, and it's com- and small bias. It is entirely Ram Jamram's fault. <laughs> Uh, what? No, he was he wasn't insufferable in this. Movie. No, no, no. Yeah, so here was the thing. Because of how Ram had been in Raised to Crash Point Tower, when I saw that he was in Midnight Horizon, I I immediately was like, all right, it's gonna be like that tone. It's gonna be like that kind of a Crash Point Tower tone. I don't, I don't need to take this book that seriously. It's gonna be interesting. And for the first two thirds, I was like, Yeah, this is kind of neat. It's kind of what I expected though, because you know, Ram's in it, so we've got to be kind of like surface level. And then at the end, I was like, What the hell is happening? None of this was what I thought it was supposed to be. Yeah, I think we all had that same impression with Ram Jamaram being in this book since Race to Crash Point Tower was um, for younger readers. Mm. Um, I think that the the thing that we might all be, I know I am, surprised with is his growth as a Jedi. Because, mm. like, I, oh, I, yeah, it's I forgot growth. that he didn't really have any emotions when we first met him. Mm. And then we, like, get to know him a little bit more in this book where he, he is lack of emotion, but Wreath helps him through that and mm-hmm. helps kind of guide him to the right solution and then he starts to feel everything and i forgot about it through most of the book until the part where like he's like but you're feeling really sad now and like that's okay mm. i'm like oh yeah. wow he is feeling now i'm like oh that's yeah. cool like ram's ram's story arc so far has like just like skyrocketed for me like i really enjoyed and- his stuff with like the um using the forcing and some machines and like blowing up the, the the machine that the Nihil had by like re mm. um positioning the heat coming up from the vent and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and so and there's also something I, I think I can't remember if we had talk, mentioned in Crash Point Tower at all before, but I think there were or maybe I'm just remembering Reddit stuff instead of our conversations. But there were theories too that Ram was somewhere on the the scale, right? The spectrum? Yeah, the sorry, the spectrum. Oh, the, it might be. Uh, I don't I don't think so. I think it's I could see how people would take that mm. or have that perspective. Yeah, with yeah, Ram, yeah. Ram just seems like he's an antisocial kid. Like those, yeah, they yeah. exist, and he, he loves is. he loves machines. He loves the bomb rats. Like they, mm. Man, I love he has things. no problem interacting with them because it's safe for him. Yeah, the yeah, whole yeah. thing for him is just like you know, it was tough for him to make friends. It was tough for him to tell jokes and everything. And he is the youngest one amid mm. all these people and everybody who are expect. He's a Padawan too, so they're expecting a lot from him. And it's just like I'm seeing all these guys do all this stuff, and I don't feel like I can do any of that. And mm. like, look, I'm trying to crack jokes now, but I don't know how to talk to people. So yeah, like, and I'm really awkward with it. Like, he's extremely awkward with people, but when you see mm. him interacting with the animals and all that stuff, he's totally oh, yeah, he's, he's normal. Yeah. And, and that's why. And like I said, I couldn't remember what we talked about it if it had been on on Reddit or something, or just on the internet or something. But I was I was curious in this book if that's what they were trying to hint at as well, without actually saying it. Yeah, because yeah, there are there are a lot of funny moments where Ram is trying to he's he's. Wreath is basically teaching him how to do social interactions. Yeah. And yeah, because there'll be things where like Ram says something like horrific and like a really deadpan tone. And everybody's like, what the hell? And Wreath goes, he's trying to make a joke. Don't yeah. worry. Uh-huh. And being like, Ram, you're supposed, to, you're supposed to wink. And there's one time where like Ram winks first and then says it. And Wreath's like, no, you're supposed to. Okay, we're, we're getting there. We're getting yeah. there. I can see I can see it be either like, yes, he he is he is on the spectrum for autism or he could. Mm. Or socially awkward. Yeah, or or even, yeah, just being socially awkward. Because um, not having mm. those interactions would also, you know, give mm. you those kind of things. And he does learn how yeah. to do it eventually. 
Um, yeah, by the end and of he the starts movie. pulling them off no problem. Yeah, which, which is, is pretty where, good. Which is where I don't like. It's a small thing for his character, take, but it's yeah, it's, it's, it's good not progression. to take anything away from people in in a situation of dealing with and having to live with autism or anything like that. Like, hmm. I think if they were to introduce a character like that, they can't do this. I think that has mm. to be something that's stated right from the start. Like, look, look at what they did, and this is not comparing the two, but look at what they mm. did with Serret and Terret. They made sure they said that from the beginning, mm-hmm. so there was no lost in translation or room for interpretation yeah, yeah. or anything. It is what it is, and that's it, right? Mm. I could see them, if they wanted to introduce a character, I don't think that... I, I don't know, it's Disney, so maybe. But to be a Jedi with that probably helping in the archives or something like that because you wouldn't no no the the, the good doctor maybe <laughs> i don't know it's it's a very yeah. tough issue to 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 bring up and to have mm. but i don't think that applies to ram like he just That's really fair. likes machines he's a big tech head like there's a lot of people who like tinkering and working with stuff doesn't mm. mean there's anything wrong or anything different Mm. with them it's just a matter of that's what their interest is that that doesn't make them not normal or anything and yeah yeah and i mean on on the same on the same page like i have no idea you know i don't know anybody who who, uh you know is on the spectrum so i don't know what to to look for anything like that so maybe someone who is more knowledgeable about that would know Mm -hmm. but one thing i do really like with ram as well is we get his arc is great in this because then as we're also talking about he has a he has a really good friendship arc with wreath right and i mean honestly the only other people that wreath was kind of you know talking with were people his own age right yeah um and not even really that well like with vernastra and emery he was kind of just like emery was reading him the entire time i was making him flustered and all that so i oh man yeah, I oh, sorry, see if um, you know at this point he's a knight now, and they're just like you might need a bit of time on your own, but like work with Ram some more because he's really taken to you. And I could see like an mm. interesting like dynamic between we've seen a lot of young knights have Padawans already, Lily, uh, Vernestra, mm. a bunch of them. So it's just like yeah, Wreath, Ram's your new Padawan. Go for it. <laughs> like I, he's yeah. been the only one who's been able to break through to him and have him open yeah. up and all this. And he's like, and he's been doing it all so subconsciously. It's just been fun sparring where he's like you know i'll levitate you okay cool now i'll levitate and tosses him into some yeah that was so like, funny yeah. that's it he's like wait what he's like <laughs> it's like i'm laughing because i did that on purpose oh, okay we'll fight like yeah all yeah. that <laughs> little stuff was just like you know these are all teaching mm-hmm. moments and we're learning together but before this you just had master angry upside down head guy who is just like what you're you're not even able to talk to him and he's been assigned to you yeah, but yet you have this friendship and this budding relationship with this guy who you're opening up with, and he's mm-hmm. even finding an easy way to open up with you, whereas both of you can't talk to your superiors. So it's just like you know, continue with that, or at least have them working together way more often because it's a good dynamic that they have. For sure, there is a the scene when he gets to go in with Crash and Reef into like the the docking the bay, yeah. and I'm like. Mm-hmm. This is totally me in high school when I was a huge car buff and like my oh, friend yeah, and I went to the out. Toronto Auto Show for the first time. <laughs> mm. And you walk in, you're like, "Oh my god!" All the new cars are here, even the concept cars. I can go sit yeah. in like, uh, you know, GT500 Mustang, like all this mm. stuff. Right? I've died and gone to car heaven. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I, I totally identify with him there. I'm like, yo, I, I, I feel you, man. I feel you. Oh, and I think it is the same time. The first time I went to Anime North, it was just yeah, that's true. true. <laughs> 
picture of everything. Yeah. I know all these things and I love them. <laughs> and also my favorite Wreath moment in this book is, man, move over Han Solo. We've got a uh, new award for worst actor. There's a point where, where yeah, there's a point where Wreath has to pretend to be like a bodyguard for uh, Crash's <laughs> rival company. And As he's an like, assassin. yeah, I can act. And then he just starts talking with the per with the 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 yeah the person they're supposed to be protecting in quotes pretending to be protecting. And he's like, uh yeah yeah hi I'm uh uh I, I am uh here to help <laughs> you with uh uh that kind of thing that I am like oh my god dude you're so much worse than I thought you'd be yeah. and, and like you can see you can see like Ram yeah Ram's. Yeah, Ram just like I can't, I can't. He just like leaves. <laughs> no, you don't have to change your voice. And the, like the advice he was getting from the other yeah, was perfect because she's yeah, like, yeah. "No, you're not trying to change your voice. You're finding another character within mm -hmm. yourself, and you're building that." And I was just like, "That's tr that's good." Yeah, true. Yeah. And then and he's just like, "Yeah, I'm gonna start talking to you, and then change my voice halfway." Yeah. And I was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And, and, and it's, when it's, he gets to yeah, her, he almost, changes it's, it's, the voice again. Yeah, yeah, and it's hilarious too because even set he does that he does. Man, Jose Alder ha has a really good knowledge on just people panicking, yeah. like the mindset of people panicking. Because Reese says in the beginning, he's like, "Oh, I'll do a voice," and the other guy, they've got one of Crash's security team with them, and the guy's like, "You don't need to do a voice. She's never heard your voice before. Just use your normal voice. Just she's never heard either either of your voices. Just use that one." And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I'll use my normal voice." And then as soon as he starts panicking, he goes into the voice. Yeah, because yeah, it's that it's that like, "Oh no, I had a plan. Go back to the plan. Oh yeah. shit, wasn't there a reason why I'm not supposed?" To? And yeah, it's it's. Just a beautiful, this just snowball of just awfulness. It was pretty good. It somehow works. It worked better than Hans thing did. Yeah, oh. I, I'm actually really enjoying Wreath as a character. Wreath and Ram, honestly. I, uh, I, I really like Wreath. And this is why I love how they work in ten because Ram comes in and saves him by yeah. using a voice. Yeah. He puts on yeah. this whole like French accent. With the, like, oh, the chef oh, thing. Yeah, I have yeah. this thing for you, and it's which like, is a bomb bracket. I'm like, what the fuck? Well, where the at hell the, did we get that accent from? Now? Yeah, right at the moment. I was like, yeah, this is really cool. And then I, it kind of occurred to me, I was like, this is a 12-year-old or like a 14-year-old pretending to be like a high-class chef. I, I think I think it works because the person they were talking to wasn't human. Yeah. So it, it would then nice like be harder. To come through, yeah. yeah, right? It's just like the age concept would be harder, right? Mm. For other species to, to... But I was just like, I was like, yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. That may, Wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Um, to some lizard lady who's I, I just picture like a giant snake head yeah, like, yeah, and then yeah. she opened her jaws up really wide to yeah eat it was thing. almost like horrific and yeah, like yeah. This, yeah, in front of this 12 year old kid so what does he do he's like I'm gonna mess up the whole mission to save my new friend yeah. it's just like oh it worked it okay, totally it totally <laughs> took me off guard where she's like you have to eat the bomb brax alive and i'm like yeah oh I, yeah i knew it was going there <laughs> she's like, whoa you know some people enjoy deep roasting fried yeah. yeah roasted or deep and i was like yeah i was like i know what this is going okay it's like oh, <laughs> my oh shit it was it was as soon as she started going on that monologue i was like cool this is the scale of how evil are you and raw is the top so uh, we're straight to 100 yep. i love how that scene i love how that scene turned into uh to catch a predator <laughs> the bomb <laughs> Because, like, ha, you've been caught on camera in 4K. And it's like, oh, shit, here we go. So uh, these transcript logs that we pulled up from your comm link here say that you wanted to. <laughs> yeah, it was so funny. I was like, yo, this is totally to catch a predator in, like, the exact <laughs> way you'd think. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. Oh, my God, that's so good. Except it's, it's literal in this right. point. Yeah, you're literally a predator. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I guess uh, they're both literal, oh, but still. God. Quickly going back uh, to. I'm going to. I just want oh, to go sorry. back to Ram quickly with some of the uh, mm. things that he did in the book. 
when he was using the uh 200 year old like uh drilling fighter thing yeah, yeah man that was so badass like he drilled into the back of a long or um uh what do you call it the I... long no, beam no, long beam the republic he, long he beam. goes he goes through, through the engine a... the hyperdrive right yeah well he goes through the new ship first that he'd studied which yeah. was the i think it was like the nco something the, he goes through that one first and then he goes through a long beam and then he goes through another third, yeah and then after that he's done i was like yeah. that is like go ram like holy shit yeah. and he's like yeah, i've studied all the ships i know all their internals and stuff and like i can like visualize it so he knows exactly mm -hmm. where to go and where to like do stuff i just thought yeah, it was it's, really it's cool a, well it's a great callback to his character right because we've seen him get like near fanatical with his admiration mm -hmm. for the shipbuilder mm -hmm. and so then when he when he's saying like i i've memorized these ships inside and out and the way here i'm like of course you did why wouldn't you from yeah. everything i've seen so far that's exactly what you would do uh my main thing was i saw him doing that and i was like does gurren logan know that you're stealing their ideas from them <laughs> <laughs> yes. we drill this one on yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah and they'll combine combined <laughs> Even more it, bad. Yeah. The the one thing that saved him from a copyright strike was that he did not become a drill that pierced the heavens. He didn't. He came close. <laughs> he came close. But yeah, no, that was that was a really cool moment. And I mean, it's it's something that we talked about before, right? Like if Nima or any of the, the younglings had done something like that, it'd be like I don't know what's happening. But when yeah. you're a Padawan, you know, if Anna, Anakin could do some crazy stuff, I don't see why these kids can't. Right. You see, and this is the type of building you need so that if he, when he does jump into a fighter and start flying it and doing all this stuff, I believe he can plausibly do it because mm -hmm. we have that building for him rather than somebody jumping into an extremely finicky technical device that needs a special touch with special mm -hmm. intimate knowledge because it is so teched up and different. And you fly it no problem, start doing kind of crazy things. No. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah. Oh, and I think it also slots into just an established trope at this point, because it is at this point a Star Wars law that if you are good at working on vehicles, you are really, really good at flying them, right? Yeah. Like we've got almost every generation of Skywalkers. Yeah. In this one, we've got Lorna D, we've got Ram, right? Anytime you're really good at working on ships, I mean, Din too, right? you're amazing at flying them. It just goes hand in hand. So yeah, it, it's cool now watching Ram evolve into like an Ace Solo. Fighter pilot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because the only other person we have is the guy from, I can't even remember his name, the guy from Rising Storm, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. The... He was driving, wasn't he driving the uh, Jedi Starfighter thing? Yeah, yeah. I can't even remember his name. Oh, uh... Not Loden. I think it's the old guy. Yeah, the, the ancient Jedi. I can't remember the, his name. From, oh, yeah, the one who's standing on top of it, just like yeah, yeah. just being super boss. Um, We're actually giving a prequel him, series, right? a prequel novel or something with him. Oh, okay. Him as like a Padawan or a Jedi Knight. When he was the the horrifying was, blade like, of whatever. Yeah, so we're gonna see that stuff, which I'm excited for. Years old, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so kind of going from that that definitely uh, positive point. There is a negative point that we kind of skipped around that I do want to deal with, and it's something that. You know, I was happy with it when we started High Republic. I'm really starting to get bored of it, right? Or it's not, I'm not getting bored of it, but it's really starting to get overused really quickly. Yeah. The amount of Jedi romances that we're starting to get now, I'm not fully against it yet, but it, we're starting to get the same problem over and over and over again, right? Because we had this problem with Avar and uh, Elzem. 
And then we have this problem with Elzin and like I can't remember her name. It started with an S, the the counselor. The security lady. Yeah, right. And then we had this with Wreath and uh just Nana? Wreath, really. Nan. Oh yeah, yeah the, the Nan. The Nan. Nan. Yeah, Nan. yeah. We had that problem with Wreath and Nan. Nan. And at least that one had an interest that, that one was at least interesting because of the twist, right? Mm-hmm. But now as well, we've got, you know, Zine and Lula. And it's just like I get it. It is the easiest and most well-known problem for Jedi to encounter. Not just Jedi, though. In the in the, one of the last ones we read, it was the Sparkburn. What was her name? Remember? Oh, yeah. Oh, I was, Sparkburn I was, and yeah. somebody else, too. Like, there was nothing to do with Force there, but again, yeah. it was just more of the same trope that's just getting back. Yeah, yeah. Will they, won't they? Yeah. And I mean, Crash and... Uh, I, I'm not going to remember her name ever, but... Uh, Siv, Svini, Svenny, Svino. There we go. Um, yeah, Crash and Svino kind of have that as well, but that one didn't bug me as much in this book because, like, if they're normal people, then you know, then it's just a love story. Um, I it's think... it's just it's the forbidden love trope is just coming up so much, so frequently in yeah. so many of these books, right? I think it's, it's gonna just be a oh, big... sorry, Wreath and Vanestra as well. That was the other yeah. the in one that came up where it was just like what what like a crush type because even in that one I was saying like what do we need to keep seeing this? It's just starting to get in, uh, it's starting to get very very run into the ground. Yeah, I think something that might be playing into um, is the like Jedi cutting emotions off and being like you can't yeah. feel these things right. And I feel like mm. if we do build up all of these different things right, all these different relationships, and then the orders is like no, you can't do it. There's yeah. going to be a lot of fall off and a lot all of, of conflict angst. between yeah. all of that, right? So that's the only thing I can think of, like, part of why, why it's, it's building up like that with all these different Jedi mm. is because mm. when it does get cut, that those ties and, like, you know, love and passion and all that stuff, that is going to be, like, a huge... Um, Schism point? Yeah, a huge breaking mm. point for a lot of them. It's it's true. I, like, that makes sense. It just reminds me of, and I don't mean to, to dunk on this anime manga, because I do still love it, but it reminds me of Shaman King a lot, or Dragon Ball Z, I guess, mm-hmm. where it just starts falling into, like, Shaman King fell into a trope, and it's where I started to get bored with it, of, oh my god, we need to level up. How can we level up? We need to figure out how to die without dying. No, uh-huh, And then yeah. doing that, like, yeah, right? And doing that, like, 14 times. Like, when Yo went for, like, his third one, I was like, okay, enough mm. yeah seriously the cave one was cool the second one was a little bit weird this one's just dumb and in dragon ball it's the same thing right where it's just like i need to get stronger 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 i need to get Dende, stronger. Punch it. oh my god okay heal yeah. me green hen no because my name is dende <laughs> come back little green man i can sit here and quote team four star all day <laughs> um oh was it was it Comeback magic, man. I can't remember, but <laughs> so maybe I can't quote Team Four Star all day. But it's just that. It's just like I again, I get it, and that point you make, Dan, is very like that makes a lot of sense. But I'm just seeing it's like once every other book now. Yeah. And like I said, the Elzar one, the second Elzar one was interesting. Even the first Elzar one was kind of interesting because it's like this unrequited love after so much time. And then his actual falling one, I was like, that's really neat. This is interesting because it's that where you go from here and now we're trying to come back from it. And the first wreath one with Nan was interesting because she used that against him. But now it's just getting to a point where anytime I see this, I'm like, oh, okay, again, we're going to hit the same points and it's going to be the exact same thing because it has been so far. It has been. And the it's not even an angering point. It's just the fact that like 
once I see it, I, I can call it, and mm. I hate that I call yeah. it right, where it's just like, okay, and I get that it's part of the inclusivity like the, the hammer that they're yeah, smashing yeah. we down need on to it. push like right? this love and relationships and and all this stuff but it's like with elzar it's just like if he's i'll use the term since we're using all the terms in this book if he's <laughs> cis and <clears throat> like that it's just like oh that's gonna end bad and it's gonna be evil and there's gonna be dark side <laughs> stuff for it okay <clears throat> uh with wreath and nan it's gonna end bad because you like a girl and you're a boy, so then things can't go right, and then it's gonna go bad. And then mm, she mm. turns on him like that with everybody else. She's like, "Oh, you're a girl, and she's a girl. Oh, you know, it'll be fine, but you, it just won't happen right now." Oh, mm. and you're a girl, and you're a girl, and then you, and then the thing with um in um, what's the person's name in this? Kanata Sai, uh, Kamora Sai, or something? Oh, like the Jedi Master? Yeah. Oh. Where, no, not Comac. Oh, no, no, the other no, one. No. Yeah, they're yeah. telling Comac this story. Cantum. Cantum. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cantum. Yeah. They go off to the circus, and I'm just like, yeah. A, you guys are really, really close to crossing a bad line. They didn't <laughs> call it the circus. They call like it's acrobatics and all that. Yeah, stuff yeah. There, but the Grayson Flying Circus. It's a, yeah, it's a yeah. friggin' circus. I wish they would have chose something different for that. Oh, yeah. Carnival. Well, even Carnival. Can I, ask, can I, can I ask why? Because I'm, I'm not understanding your train of thought there. Circus? Oh, you're circus. sending the they person to a circus? Oh, Cir- I circus see. Okay. Freak. Right. Yeah. Circus freak, right? Because, like, that, right? oh, and yeah. I like a boy, but I don't know. That makes sense. That makes That's sense. why you belong here. Yeah, I thought you meant there was pretty something pretty wrong with the circus in general. I'm like, there yeah, is a lot wrong yeah. with circuses. Yeah, but I'm not sure but what it's, it's, it's just that unfortunate group in you. Yes, yeah. where you get the they them and then shove yeah. them into. Like, like, I'm, the I'm, I'm taking a leap, but it's almost. not as far as a jump as one would. Yeah. yeah, and then especially with like, okay, you identify as they, and it's a boy, so that's fine too. And guess what? It'll end amicably, so both of you can go your separate ways and mm. be fine, and everything's okay. Yeah. It's like okay if if you're showing the bad on one and the good on the other, and you're trying to, especially if this is a young adults novel. I get what you're trying to do. I get yeah. what you're trying to do for one side. But it's going too but much in one direction. You're going too much yeah. in one direction and showing like the other direction that we that everybody's known about for a while. It's just like, oh, mm. that's not it's always bad. Like you can have a good ending for that too. Yeah. Or an outcome of that too. It's like you can't pick one side and completely shun the other. And since like at the beginning of the High Republic, I understood it because of what they wanted to do for the time. Mm. Now it just seems like they're full on, just like you no, know, everything with that is bad. It, everything it's, is good. It's just like no, you want to talk about balance so much? Show yeah. some in your books. I, I mean, ridiculous. this is this is pure speculation. I think it's the same kind of Disney fear that they had with Book of Boba Fett, where it's just like he's going to be a crime lord. We cannot call him a crime lord though, or do anything even related to mm. crime, right? And now in in these books, it's. We need to be inclusive, cool, but then we cannot ever possibly have any of those relationships ever go wrong. And so when you yeah. gate it off like that, it's like you want to be re- you want to be more open and realistic, absolutely fine. But then you can't suddenly make one side of that a fantasy, yeah, because then that realism gets skewed, you lose it. right? And I mean, like we've been saying, or like we've said, they've done some great jobs with these relationships. I can't remember their names because they're only in the one book, but. Uh, Rising Storm, Lena So's son and the uh, yeah. Volo yeah. counselor's son. I still thought that relationship was aw- like really good. It was awesome. And they set it up in a really, I thought, natural way mm-hmm. and have a lot of really good points with it. But 
Yeah, it's that same thing. It ends amicably while at the same time in that book, Elzar has that disaster, right? Yeah. And so it's just it's look just either like, have I'm it. I'm just looking for balance. That's all. Yeah, I want. exactly. And it's like you can show one is not always good and one is not always bad. Yeah, but you just That's you it. should it should be Mixed. it should yeah it should be like a f- uh, full equality. Yeah, right? not just. I feel like we're going to get to that eventually. And honestly, like, I'm not seeing, uh, like, here's the thing. I'm not, I'm not taking it as, um, as, I guess, serious as you guys. And I I get your criticism. I definitely do. It Hmm. didn't, like, it didn't really occur to me that that was happening until you guys brought it up. But, like, honestly, like, for me, the, um, the explanation I gave earlier of, like, passion and Jedi and, like, that can be cut off and stuff like that. That's kind of like my, the, where my train of thought went, but like I totally get what you guys are saying. See, mm. and here's the thing. It pulls me away from the story a bit, right? I don't know if it says like I don't identify like that, so when I see it, it's not it's not that it's jarring, but I notice it. Mm. And I'm going to... Yeah. You, I mean, I'm you, going you to just... You can see real-world politics trickling into it. Exactly, right? and yeah. that's what I don't want well, that happens from to my all escape, literature, right? right? Sure, in but some, the way some... that... It's the way that you handle it. Yeah, right? yeah for sure. You season it here, you season it here, but this is just like we're just dumping the entire spice onto it. And mm. and especially with what you're saying, like that balance, I won't find it because yeah. we're about to get into the situation where it seems like everything's just going to be outright stopped. So that you're, you're either going to get more of what's getting it normal where it's just like how many more, oh, I, I can't do this, it's wrong, I'm going to. Like, yeah. like, how many more instances of that are we going to get now because everything's going to get cut? Mm. Or are we going to see any more? Or is it all going to be, like, the bad that they've been yeah. setting up this entire For time? Sure. And it's just going to be even more bad. And then we get to Anakin yeah. and Padme, and then there. Right? And, I mean, there, yeah, there are chances for it, right? Because the way that we've got Lula and Zine's relationship right now, it's super up in the air, right? For sure. So, who knows? Maybe they will take a risk and actually do that. But with the track record of of how safe Disney is with stuff, I don't know. And the one thing I could see coming out of this is it's like the real teacher from it will be we set this all up because the acolyte turns out to be Zine. Zine is definitely a prime candidate for that. (laughs) And because at all this, remember, they they accepted her, but they didn't take her in. So Hmm. she's not going to hide all that much. Um you know, still influencing, you know, it's, it's, you know, oh, let's see where their emotional scale is at. Let's see what this mm. is at. Remember, Apprentice, I would also, nothing too overt, nothing to this. We just need to probe and prod yeah. and see where they're at. Okay, now what's going to happen? Oh, she's gone. Everything's, I guess nothing's keeping me here anymore. And I've learned enough. Time to go back. Bye. Mm. And we don't see her for a while. I would say Bell Zedifar is also a candidate for the Acolyte. With all the emotional trauma so? he's been through. I mean, he's he's bridging hmm. on dark side, but he's hmm. tempering it. But I don't know how long he can do that for. By, by that, by that kind of string of thought as well, Comac would. Comac could be. Comac and Skier would also be. Yeah, yeah. and that's the it's thing. Like, is like there's, there's some prime candidates of, for this stuff, yeah. and we don't know hmm. who it's going to be at all. And that's that's I find that very interesting, and in that we can't really predict it too well, which is nice. Yeah, it could be something completely getting, different. We're getting right? closer and closer to yeah. it, so I'm really, I'm really excited. I'm still banking on. I'm still putting all my chips down on the acolyte being the the person who will eventually become Tenebris. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But who knows? Then, then any Bith character that shows oh, up, any it's bit, like yeah. it's you. And any force sensitive Bith that shows up, I'm going to be like, I'm watching you. <laughs> <laughs> there better not be one panel with you going. 
Yeah. And then we'll the, know. Just that shade of darkness going over and be like, I know what I know him right now. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, overall, I think it's just one of those things where, you know, we said this a bunch of times. It's at the end of the day, it's not going to ruin a book for us. It's just unfortunate that it, it kind of drags you out a little bit when you every time you notice it. But if we're going to talk about something that actually got me annoyed, <laughs> jumping into this one. Uh, and again, you know, spoilers for Fallen Star. Uh, I assume we're going to learn what actually went down there. But when when Comac was just like, yeah, Orla Durrani's dead. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? How? I thought she was supposed to be way seeking somewhere. What's she doing on the Yeah. Beacon? Why is she there? And I'm so annoyed that you introduce these characters. And it's like, cool. Some of them will die. You know, I didn't feel bad. You know, I felt kind of bad, but I didn't feel super bad when Jorah Mali uh, died in Light it's of hard the to, Jedi. You didn't know too much about her. But then you, yeah, but then you introduce Loden and Orla, both of them being like, look at this character. They're super cool. They're going to be here for a long time. You better keep watching. These are people to watch out for. They're both dead. And it's just like, well, what? Why did you... Why did you get my hopes up like this? It's like Garza Whip all over again in Book of Boba Fett. Mm. Or it's just like, why are you hyping them up this much if you're just going to off them like this? I'm hoping Orla is a red herring. And either, I, if she yeah. did die, then something else happened to her and she wasn't on Starlight, but she, she encountered Rose Summer or mm. something. Maybe. Or, or pulled a, a Mitra Surik and just cut herself off. Mm. Because the way I understood her job to be is she just let the Force take her wherever and so if mm. it turned out it did call her back to starlight i need i need some way more and hopefully fallen star has that where it's like there's a lot more exposition for her in that or mm-hmm. if or just something in general because i think it would have been really interesting for her to be going on her path and then this emergency beacon goes off and it's just like well from what you've chosen is that what's guiding you back there are you going to listen to that or are you going to continue to do your own thing as far as I understand, like the way secret, like you're not listening to any, you have no master but the force. So you listen to what it tells you. And if, if somebody else is like, oh, we all oh, Jedi gotta come back, no, that's not my job anymore. Like, are you still part of the order? Are you not? Are you bound to that? Are you not? Like, there's so many questions I had for way seeking. And if you just kill her off now, it's just like, oh, no, we're not gonna answer any of those questions. Sorry, yeah, yeah, just too bad, so sad. It's yeah. just like. Man, I was so excited because she had that, you know, the the Temple Guardian lightsaber thing too, the the collapsible. And so it's like, cool. So we've got Into the Dark and then her little stint in the comics and that's it. That's all we're getting. She had silver blades too, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. You know, we're getting a good guy, Rakatan, from what I remember. It's just like, cool, all of it's gone now. Awesome. Thank you. It's it's not like I was looking forward to this. And then just a twist on my back, which kind of, it's kind of makes it why would you bring why'd you take him well, away and, but yeah. yeah and i mean that's the thing because that it's true if this is a red herring then that's fine mm-hmm. but it's just that one it was that one two gut punch for me where it was like fuck are you serious all right fine i guess we'll be seeing how cormac deals what do you mean he's le- no come back yeah. yeah it's just like god damn it i just want the characters i like to stick around i mean cormac just because he's not a jedi anymore doesn't mean he's not gonna be in the story no exactly and that's one thing that i can see happening uh pretty easily is for him to run into i'm gonna look up her name because it's bugging me that i can't remember uh but the monster hunter yeah um, sure the the Tholothan. Tholothan. yeah yeah um why you do that i just wanted to say with all the characters in this book i was surprised at how well they riffed off of each other 
um in terms of like relationships and just like conversations and the new character crash i wasn't really mm. buying into the crash at the beginning and then mm. as the story went on i'm like i actually like crash crash is a good like side character you know who yeah she really was i just her age was always good because i i couldn't remember if she was anywhere between 14 and 16 mm. um but Prybar or whatever his name was in the beginning i love that guy he, he was just like oh <laughs> yeah it sounds like he was going yeah yeah he was going through a whole force thing he's like he's like, the client and this and do this and he's like man you're probably really good at this job are you getting screwed over by your friend outside i wanted them to go into that. I was like did they get your friend first and that's why when mm. you're trying to call for them that they weren't just they just weren't showing up and that yeah. they weren't just like doped out at that point and again with star wars and disney and lucas and not understanding how drugs work <laughs> it's like he took out a death stick and then he's all fucked up and it's just like if he's if it's a cigarette <laughs> then no like like yeah what exactly are you on uh, about so like it, oh, just... we're not supposed to be smoking any time it's like that that scene reminded me so much of i don't know what anime it's from because i only know the meme but there's a meme from i think it's like um scientific railgun or so i don't know i honestly don't know which one it is but this guy injects this girl with something in the neck and she like collapses to the ground and he's like you won't be able to move for hours this drug has three times the potency of marijuana and it's just like so she gets up and runs away i don't <laughs> what <laughs> it's like it's like that level of like not understanding how drugs yeah. work and then he and then he shot it up three three weeds and he was like really gone yeah it's, it's that same thing with yeah exactly yeah. what the death stick was like man his his mind is just a cloud now that he did the one hit and it's just like all right whatever. It's like, okay <laughs> so but you you want to go home and rethink your life <laughs> yeah but especially just with how he was assessing situation and everything like that to have a character just like like start off a book like that it reminded mm. me of the one with um that we just the tempest runner novel oh, where yeah, we get yeah. the guy in the Sorry beginning the giving the story yeah. and the drinks and all that. So it's like very these... much a cold open almost yeah mm. these openings have been really good for these books yes. so far. Yeah. i'm hoping for something similar with fallen star yeah i think i think the one thing about that is like at the beginning is like you're trying to picture because like nobody in the beginning of this book i was like prybolt prybolt is that a character we already know yeah, I'm like who the fuck is this? I'm picturing a Jedi, it's, and then it's like, oh no, it's a Grindelid. And I'm like, what's a Grindelid again? And it's like, oh, it's on Corellia. Mm. And it's the underground, like, worm people. Proxima. I'm like, yeah, solo yeah. stuff. And Proxima's, like, mentioned in this, which I thought was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah she's in the book, um, which was surprising. I, yeah, I had a feeling. As soon as the, as soon as soon I realized what they were, mm. I thought the matriarch was going to be Proxima. That's yeah. what I thought. And she was yeah. going to show look up. It up. I was it. like, is that her name? I'm like, oh no, it's Proxima. That's right. right. And then yeah. she was mentioned. I'm like, yeah, she's cool. She's in this. <laughs> oh, she's young in this one, I guess. Yeah, that yeah, that's what I was going for. It's like, wait, she's in solo. This is like yeah wow, 200 years ago 50 yeah. years prior yeah <laughs> um man i mean that yeah no it, it's interesting because they're starting to do um or at least getting good at um in media res openings mm. uh for those who don't know that means like basically the the it's supposed to be for movie it's a movie term but the movie or book or media piece opens in the middle of the action yeah yeah, it's like solo like legit like solo if you remember solo's beginning solo's on the yeah, run he's like yeah, trying to like much. kickstart the yeah and, the speeder and then they and have to that. give you all the details afterwards on yeah. like what, what everything was and stuff yeah so yeah solo's a good example and uh yeah midnight horizon has a pretty good uh in media res opening um yeah i mean the grindelids in general that was interesting because it was just like oh yeah i've never really cared about this species but cool and then by the end of it you're like wow these Don't are pretty cool. Terrifying. I'm terrified. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the cool thing is too is like you get a little bit more about their culture too, and like their mm. 
the way that they mm. deal with like struggles on Corellia and all that and like they're like the hut cartel on Corellia essentially because they basically have yeah control of all the sewers i'm like that's fucking they're sick. they're better than the hut cartel that's what i, I mean not, though like it's yeah, like I'm it's like they control into, the planet yeah. right like it, it's it's that same mindset of just yeah. like if you, if you are in hot space it's them if you're not and this is core world space like yeah you're dealing with these yeah. guys Corellia is a core world yeah uh, uh well yeah and like a hut's not physically intimidating unless they're trying to squish you right mm -hmm. but a grimdalid is just like this isn't okay there was that <laughs> one part in this in this uh book that we talked about before the podcast we were kind of blown away by it the part when they were at the party and then everybody's yeah. wearing nihil masks, masks because like formal, someone yeah. wanted to make it easy for the nihil and the one guy who's like security is like yeah i i, I was like i guess i mean sure and yeah. it's like what the hell are you like, thinking what, yeah what is wrong with you so yeah. like, crash was saying the same thing i'm so i'm so it's... glad crash was the person talking to him she's like it's what is wrong with you but the the thing that confused me and it really annoyed me that's his one iq drop he's pretty smart throughout the rest of the book the whole yeah and at the same time i get masquerades i do they've mm. been around for a while but it's it's that you know you're putting that hint of oh you don't know who i am but you know mm. who i am but i have plausible deniability yeah and that's why they're just like the masks up here or the, yeah, the domino masks, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah that's and, it. But yeah, and so so when they they uh, showed it like that in the beginning, when when uh, Crash is like, why is it a masquerade? I was like, oh, that's smart. I can understand why this would be something that let slip. But then when it was Nihil masks, I was like, no, I was no, like, no, you're no just, that's too much. At that point, it's just stupid. Yeah. You, everybody's seen what they're like. You, you don't want anything to do with this. You don't want anything to have with this. Even if you just had like rebreathers or something at that point for the masquerade. Mm. That's different. You can still see everybody's face. But they also they don't use the war gas at that party, or no. the war cloud at that party. So yeah, why so even do it? Yeah. It just doesn't. Yeah, it's. Um, a, you're telling me the Nihil can't own more than one set of mask? Yeah. Like, what well, one thing that I really sense. wanted to talk about was Crash because Crash as a character grew on me a lot in this novel, and um, we get a lot of side story with with Crash throughout the whole book. Mm. I really enjoyed like the the business side. And, like, mm -hmm. her explaining it all to the Jedi and the Padawans of, like, how her business works and, like, what is prioritized and, like, her team of people and how well they communicate. And, like, I was actually blown away by how quick they were responding on the comms and stuff like that. Like, they say that mm -hmm. in the book as well. Like, you know, it's surprising how fast they are on it. But, like, the sharing of information helps them out sometimes, most of the time. Not all the time, but most of the time. And I, I just, I really enjoyed the dynamic between Crash and all characters. And um, with Crash, the, um, the foregoing the company and like making that kind of realization before she was going to encounter one of her old mm -hmm. clients. I thought that was really interesting. And mm -hmm. like her thinking ahead and, and like also taking into account what she wants for the future. Mm -hmm. I was like, that's good. I like that. It was kind all of right. foreshadowing, but you didn't really understand why. Up yeah. to that point, I saw Crash as an inquisitor, man. She had answers. She had <laughs> she had stuff ready to go for people. She was anticipating people's thoughts. Yeah, all these good. things happening. And she's, all the back doors. Like, and she's like, yeah, has yeah. all the blueprints and is trying to do all the, the pre-thinking of everything. I, I loved it. Like, I love to see a non-force-sensitive person just throw force-sensitive people off like that completely. Mm -hmm. like, and how did you know i was gonna say I was like, ah, I've got a lot of how many languages do you speak yeah how many this and she's like again 16 it's just like mm -hmm. she can go and do whatever she wants and she'd be good at it it's yeah and it i i laughed at that because my thought going through that entire book especially kind of that thing i was like man 
this is like a Star Wars interrogator. <laughs> <laughs> For those who don't know, we're using Warhammer 40k lingo. Inquisitor is, is at the top, interrogator is the in training. Um, but yeah, no, it, it very much was because, yeah, she's, and what really interested me about Crash is she's a in- really interesting foil to Sylvester Yarrow from Out of the Shadows in the same way that we were talking about in Edge of Balance, how Lily is an interesting foil to Vernestra. Mm. Yeah. Um, even though, you know, in, in both cases, neither of the characters have met. But it's interesting to see in both cases, we have a very young but very independent person who inherited a business. Uh, and, you know, it, Crash didn't inherit a business that's as bad as Sylvester, that was in as bad shape as Sylvester's was. Um, but ha- both also having a very similar but different personality and kind of seeing where that leads them. Um, it's interesting to kind of just note those two similarities, but y- yeah. You it's... mean Sylvester, Sylv- is it Sylvester yeah. Staros? Sylvester Yaro, yeah, from... Um... No, Staros, she was doing something else, wasn't she? Who's who's Sylvester again? I can't remember. Sylvester was... Out of the Shadows yeah. uh, character. I know, but I can't remember what the... She was shipping, was. Running, but it was slaves yeah. that they were doing. Oh, that's realize. right. That's right. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. there was a, she, she there was a yeah. involved with all that Her, too. The Staros lady yeah. was the the one working at the in the Senate. Okay. Because she's yeah. she's a. What do you what do you call? It? Her descendant is eventually right. Noma's right. right. So, yes. You're right. Yeah, I'm, my my least favorite. I'm Star mixing Wars up character. two characters. Yeah. yeah. No, it's okay. But yeah, like uh, yeah, Sylvester. Yeah, exactly. Her she her adoptive mom technically got her actual parents killed. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it was just interesting because in both cases, they're, you know, they're very... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Brash? Yeah, driven. brash. They're very brash and driven, and once they make a decision, they stick with it. Except Sylvester seems to just get by by the scruff of her neck and look, as opposed to Crash, who is more of, I've got all these plans in place, God damn it! why are they all falling apart again? But yeah. she said, uh, there was a great part in this, which she said her mm-hmm. mom kind of taught her, which yeah, was, yeah. when chaos happens and everything goes to shit, you either, you, you plan for all everything you can, so you plan it to a point, and then when chaos hits, you move with the chaos, and then you mm-hmm. plan again, right? And then her, you her plan until had... chaos more happens again, and I'm like, that makes sense, and I love the her, way that they described that. I'm like, yes. Her mom had a bunch of really great quotes. My favorite quote that she had was when, when she's like, "Yeah, my mom always taught me if you're getting your ass beat, don't let it go to waste." Yeah, <laughs> yeah to waste. I love so that. She I just feels a calm like off the guy was yeah. just, and I was like, "Oh, that's great. That's yeah, so that was so good." Because, because she kept quoting her all the time. See, all the time I was like, "Man, your mom must have been a great lady." Her mom's still alive and living in this yeah, yeah. in the swamps as a witch. Her, her mom is just... Toph from Legend of Korra. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, "Wait, hang on." You left your 16-year-old out of this clandestine freaking organization and you yeah. just went to just, just be. Okay. Again? What? <laughs> to, to be fair to her mom, though, uh, she does mention, or Crash does mention at one point that her mom tried a, a couple times really hard to try and get her to not get into this business. Yeah. And Crash just refused. So she was like, all right, fine. She's a role <laughs> model like that after seeing all that. I was like, okay, maybe, yeah. maybe this will be the way she gets to quit. I'll just she, let her do it. Her, her mom is basically like street smart Sun Tzu. Yeah. <laughs> That's her. Yeah, With all but, her yeah, really she's cool. going to write a book after all. Yeah. <laughs> the, the art, art of, of scheme. <laughs> the art of scheme. That's great. <laughs> Like, yeah, what are you gonna get... do? Oh, don't worry, we'll set this thing up so we can get this newsflash and then they'll pay us. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sweet. Now we can put what are we gonna why are we doing it? So we can put our brand out there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like everything. We're gonna was see Crash again. Crash is not done. Mm. 
I hope. I hope we're so. gonna see more of Crash involved with the it, Jedi at least. I think. And to be fair, this is finally when I saw that we were gonna mainly be reading about stuff on Corellia. That that made me happy because it was like everything that we've seen from Corellia so far, like like Ram said, actually, it was just like you know mm. they've got a lot of building stuff and starship building and machines and this and this and conveyor belts all around the outside. And I was just like, okay, great, but like every time we see it. It's either the Old Republic war-torn, so you see none of that mm. stuff in operation. Um, you see it solo, where it's just Imperial Corellia, where mm. none of this stuff goes on. You never or, see... Well, no, I was going to say, because I was really happy in this book that they brought back the e, the EU uh, Corellia. Yeah, exactly. The, where it's just like, it's just all of the politics up up to your eyes is just full of assholes because yeah. that's stupid i hated that uh arc in in eu the fucking corellian schism and the corellian independence yeah garbage oh, for humans yeah only. yeah yeah just we're just like up. what is happening to this planet yeah <laughs> but then you see it here corellia for corellians and i was like oh my god they're back as, as soon as that came up i was like here we go like you yeah, guys had yeah. a chance to eliminate just a stain on me and you brought it back for this yeah. nonsense no i it's, I, politi- it's yeah, politically it's, like it's yeah, so prominence. Yeah, it's politicized. Yeah, Dan, do you know anything? Do you know about the? I don't know anything about it. But I, I'm just okay. taking it from yeah, you guys. Yeah, it's yeah, okay. So you don't give me a, no, 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 it's fine because it's also for the viewers. Right? Okay, because okay. some some of them might not know EU. So for those who don't know EU stuff, the Corellian schism is this thing that happens after the Yuuzhan Vong War, which is why it's stupid. Oh wow. Um, we yeah, basically Corellia is like, you know what? We're such a cool planet. You can all go fuck yourselves. We're going independent, and then they get the shit kicked out of them. But the the it's. It takes too long for them to get the shit kicked out of them, though, yeah. which is the annoying part. Um, but the part that they are obviously, you know, obviously bringing back from that is when Luke and Leia and everybody and Kalamos and everybody tries to appeal to them, the Corellian nobility and and it's kind of the same thing because a lot of the Corellian nobility quotes are just the the uh, factory owners and bureaucrats who have been elevated to this, right? They're such insufferable assholes, and it's the same kind of mentality that cra- that crashes like losing her mind over yeah in this book whereas it's just like they're just lying to your face and they'll say whatever they want in order to just make themselves seem better and uh, like it was it was <laughs> so it was this very really bitter nostalgia pill for me to swallow it was like yeah we're back oh we're back <laughs> it's like corelli can never be friggin' happy where it's just like oh yeah. we're they're probably like, oh we're the empire oh, it's like the detroit oh, of star wars and yeah, Detroit or New York. I think. Yeah, I, I put it more to New York. Yeah, because there because there is a huge elite class, right? Yeah, yeah. Detroit, as in yeah. like the shipbuilding. Yeah, yeah. Stuff, like yeah. The, it, it's, like the it's New York on top grungy, of Detroit. It's, it's that whole <laughs> that, that whole coast. Yeah, could, yeah. Considered it, and East Coast. It, it's just it's frustrating that Corellia seems to never know what's good for it, and they're so they're too with the wind yeah. for whatever comes through. But mm. the prop. The the problem is that it's the easiest planet to relate to us in terms of just like, oh, okay, yeah, you need a political thing. Oh, yeah, what's going on here? We can put that with Corellia. It makes sense. Yeah. If you, mm. Coruscant's just a big city planet, so you can't – there's too many levels and too many things and so much going on at the center. Mm-hmm. You just leave that alone. Narshada, Vegas, California-ish kind of thing, so you leave that there. But yeah, like, Corellia has been getting such – I just wanted to have a good story for us. We get so many characters out of that place, so many different characters out mm. of that place. 
and we can never see as a, a just a normal Corellian. It's always I mean, got to be the bullshit. To be fair, all of the good Corellians are the ones who left. So maybe that says something. About maybe the it says something. <laughs> maybe it says something. Oh man. Yeah, yeah. Corellia is Corellia. I mean, it's a planet. <laughs> I, I can't tell it you. It does how... the thing. I it was looking the, the first time I played the Old Republic. I was like, I saw that it was in the game. I was like, mm. oh my god! Then I turned. It was level like fifty. It was like the last planet you go to. Mm. I was like, oh my god! So I was burning through story to get there, and then got there. And it's like, god and it was shit. <laughs> 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 all I wanted to do is leave. There is, there is, there's like one good character across like every story because Valron's the only. Oh yeah, Hester's Hester's pretty good too. I don't count him because of what happened at Elum, where I was just like, cool, all right, whatever. It's just, <laughs> it's cool. There goes a character I like. Are you coming? But no, okay, bye. He survives. <laughs> He's just beat up, but he's yeah, yeah. It's, just... it's the well. I mean, I'm about to jump topics really hard, but it's the same way I feel about Minfilia, where it's just like, why, why are you the? I want you to be the leader of the, of the Scions, but why did they make you the leader if they're going to pass everything off to this guy every fucking time anything happens? Where's the leader of the Scions? Who cares? Go to Alphanod. <laughs> but as you can see, Midnight Horizon really, really, really can push everything from oh, yeah. political aspects to game I mean, stuff. Just, we it's, didn't talk it's about... a, sorry. Oh, ahead. sorry, sorry. No, no, uh, finish your thing first. It's, it's a great book. And hmm. at the start of it, I don't think any of us were really looking forward to reading it. I mean, I wasn't looking forward to it. I was just like, man, it's it's... It's another High Republic novel that starts off with a, a narrator who's done something before that I can't get out of my head. Mm. And now I'm hearing it right from the start. I don't want to continue with this. I'm pushing through. It turned out to be one of my favorite ones so far. Mm -hmm. So it, give ironic, it a try. Yeah, because ironically, because I know I've said this to you a couple of times, that it is reading Midnight Horizon was the, the exact same experience for me as reading Pariah which okay. is a Warhammer 40k book for those that don't know where it's yeah the first two thirds of it are so slow you're like god i just want something to draw me in and like yeah these characters are interesting the things they're going through are cool but nothing's happening and then in the end you're like i literally need you to slow down yeah. by like 30 yeah. miles per hour because i can't to it keep on, up like, with this two anymore. times speed or 1.75 <laughs> times speed yeah, right? yeah like you get it done in time but, i listened to it at I mean, normal even, speed and it's like even the week and it was not not terrible mm. but yeah it, it did have some pacing issues at the beginning because it was like there's no conflict yet and we're yeah. over halfway through the book. I'm like, what is happening? Yeah. And Out of Shadows did it a little bit better in this aspect because there was enough action that was going on to keep me interested. There were right. small pieces got, of action here and there. Yeah, because we got bombings and stuff like that. But all the pieces of action that, well, not to say bombings, like it's yeah, exciting. But like, we have that bombing. We have, we have that bombing in the middle of the book. And then, you know, we mm. have them getting closer to the Nihil stuff is, is showing up. And then the whole thing on that garden planet or station, sorry. But in this Maxine one, it's like, station. Maxine, yeah. yeah, a Maxine two electric boogaloo. Yeah. <laughs> this time with Prime Lords. Um, but yeah, and like all the action that happens in this is with characters we don't know or care about, really. Because the thing that happens with Svino, oh my god, I, I will memorize the name by the end of this. Svino, 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 Svino. I'm pretty sure it's yeah. Svino. Uh, yeah it is okay but because the, the thing that happens with her it's like yeah that's an action piece but i don't know who this character is why should i care right yeah. and then the thing that happens with the the, the students and and the corpse sec riots and stuff like that it's like this is cool i don't know who any of these characters are except for the character that i know isn't gonna die because they're the bad guy mm -hmm. um 
and so all the action is just it's it's there's not enough emotion tied to it i think is the big problem right until we get to the end and then it's just oh my god everything's kicking off um bonus comment i didn't know savrips could be part of a team like that because i only remember blasting the hell out of them on ord mantel (laughs) (laughs) like uh, as soon as they said there's a savrip there and then they mentioned gundarks and everything Mm. like that so i'm glad that at least the bestiary is being filled out a little Mm -hmm. bit more um but my god that was just happening because that was the attack that happened on savino where it was just like mm. who's supposed to come out okay this one savrip comes through and then they're supposed to be battling another savrip there's gonna be this crazy like king kong versus uh the godzilla thing happening mm. above this star and it's gonna be like a great action movie shot yeah. or whatever is yeah. what that was supposed to be the whole promotion thing where you know who comes to save the day your security team mm. but like just that was a brilliant scheme that didn't go off right so plan b came through and they had everything they care that worked yeah that that is a great mixing of so many elements that shows how much planning crash did and i like dan said i really hope this isn't the end uh or this isn't the only time we we hear or see of of and from her i guess Mm -hmm. but we'll see We'll see. Nice. Yeah. I mean, it's it's also really interesting with that as well, because, you know, as we kind of talked about, it's not an alien race that we ever really expected to see. Yeah. So being able to see them now for that, for anyone who doesn't uh, know, because it is a, a lesser known race, the Savricks are, Savrips. Or Savrips, uh, are the one of the species that you see on the, the jerk, the it's Star the Wars green board. Long arm boy. It's the yeah. big reptilian guy. Yeah. Kind of looks like a like Godzilla with longer arms. Yeah. Um, and a T-shirt. And no tail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Overall, because I mean, the other thing we we didn't really talk about is is just, I you know I went over in the synopsis, but the ending action part is insane. Oh yeah, it is crazy. How and I, a big thing that I think makes me like its action better than Rising Storm is they were all prepared this time because when the war cloud rolls and there's like yeah masks immediate you know yeah, we're at like, a point yeah, now we where go. we understand what this means so everybody gets their rebreathers on and now we're actually fighting on even on evenish ground. And yeah, it's, just, it's so great to watch where it's just like they're blendering all these these poor, well, not poor, all these Nihil. And I love that they, they really There's a lot of Nihil. Oh, yeah. Well, well they did hundreds of hundreds. Yeah, yeah. And there was like three waves. There was like yeah. normal wave, backup, then backup. And I think there was actually a fourth or third backup. It's like, there, holy crap, how many are there coming yeah, in? There's three altogether. Yeah. Um, well, four. the fourth is the train, I think, technically. Yeah. But that one never pans out. Yeah. Um, I think... I forgot to mention something, and this is like, just to get you in the mentality of how everybody's viewing things on Corellia, Mm. there's the the bombing that happens at Corsac, the police, where there's there's a whole riot going on for some university thing, and the the second-in-command, Nihil, that's there... She's talking to this dude who's really super into her, and he's like, yeah, no, no, we're going to do something great. And sets him up as a patsy. She, she, she fucking she modern warfare twos him. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> like, and he, I, that was the first time I've heard somebody describe a blast bolt who hasn't like died on impact. Mm-hmm. When he's just like, you know, the way she shot, she shot him. He got shot on the right side, and he knew like, okay. And she's burned out a couple of my organs, and mm, it's yeah, spreading, it was pretty and it's still up. going. I was like, oh my god! Like, yeah, it sounds pretty horrible. Blasters are. Bad. That's really yeah. Kudos a Daniel Wait, it was like a gunshot. You, yeah, you forget it's superheated plasma. Right? Yeah. Like, so it's like it's still spreading through him as it's going. Takes him up mm. to an elevator, 
throws a fucking grenade vest at him that's like primed and ready to go. Send the message, yeah, yeah. And it just cuts. And then she, it even and like, then she yeah. just like lets the doors close on her, and she goes. And then yeah. we get the uh, the head of Corsac on the news. It's like, yeah, there's no problem going on whatsoever, and I have a huge shiner and everything. But Dude, it's fine. yeah, they're really fine. <laughs> and even even Crash was just like, I'm not paying attention to this because yeah, like, yeah. This you're is, clearly not shit. whatever. Yeah. And apparently everybody else did too until they realized, no, that was a Nihil thing. Oh God, what? Yeah. And then yeah. everybody thought about it again. It was just like, see, they can hide in plain sight just like that. And even in the core where you guys aren't taking it seriously enough, this is That's why it's happens. easy. Yeah. This is why it's easy. Like, I, I mean, they're, they're, it is really interesting to see and a little concerning on how accurate it is mm-hmm. that they're running the Nihil now by basically just using the terrorist handbook yeah and it's working because i mean i see what happens on corelli and i'm like yeah i mean that's what most countries here would do yeah, yeah. it's not our problem it's far away it's whole plan and yeah you know if people here can be like it's an entire continent away who even cares of course people on corelli would be like that's like Two Galaxy, yeah. million planets away. Yeah, yeah. Fuck they, it. they yeah. wouldn't give a damn. And especially when it's like, oh no, they called you because it's a Nihil threat. It's like you got you have people here. Oh, but yeah, they're not really our problem. They're your problem. Yeah, yeah, because you're from the outer rim. It's just like, okay. oh god, we're on Corellia. I yeah, I know yeah. we're on Corellia now. <laughs> but right. yeah, well, so the one thing that I did find kind of funny though is there is a there are large sections of the book bu- of the book, um, where Kendam is watching Cormac and being like the the way that Cormac is going through people is really concerning me, yep. and it really seems like what Skier was doing. Well, you know, Tandem doesn't don't know, but yeah, uh, doesn't mention that. But uh, it, it's just like, and I was like, yeah, you know, the whole time I'm like, yeah, it is really concerning. I I hope there's there's some kind of uh, resolution that comes from this, and it's it's you know it's not as bad as I think it's going to end up being. And then Yoda shows up. Yep. And when Yoda shows up, he takes an entire like transport ship out of the sky because it's the and new like, it. vessel. Yeah, that it's the new vessel that they were going to use as like a battleship, and he drops it on the third wave of Nihil and kills most of them. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I think it's because like Yoda wasn't like channeling anger to do that but comac was i think that's what the difference is is the the anger and the rage the anger and rage and the passion behind the killing was one thing whereas yoda's just like we like kill these bastards we must he makes a joke i know i know it's It's how yeah it's how flippant he is where he's like oh looks like you could use a hand eh and i'm like you just killed like 300 people yeah (laughs) No, I, I love that Yoda came in. Because I'm like, is this like a vision that he's seeing? And it's like, oh, no, he's actually here. Yeah. Hello, Yoda. And then he's like flipping yeah. around and like killing people with his lightsaber. Like, yeah, it's episode two, Yoda. Like we see. My <laughs> problem with him is just like, usually when you need answers and help to your problems, Yoda's the last person you want to see. <laughs> Not, Be- we're, we're slightly incredibly biased because of how much he helps Anakin. But yeah, I know what you mean. Anakin, but we're starting in general. A lot of people, and I love, this is what I love the High Republic for. Like people have, mm. Jedi have problems. Yeah. And they, they actually talk about them. 
in this and they help they each work other through them and guide each other together yeah but whenever yoda shows i was like what should we do <laughs> what should you <laughs> i came to you you're like 700 i need to know to just guide me on the right way oh yeah, where please. is the right way yeah i don't need more fucking questions like reed's trying to talk to him and he's just like oh but how can you be lost if there's no problem it's like you motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> Listen, not now <laughs> okay not now this shit has just happened be clear for once for once just i need something even if it's for my own peace of fucking mind for right now and then we can work (laughs) but exactly see that's what that's what i would get that's what i would get and it's be like you know what fuck it done with this no wonder cormac fucking left three fingers you must have (laughs) (laughs) it's like if he's not gonna get an answer right now and my problems are much worse okay bye yeah i actually yeah, was no. i was yeah. actually afraid for wreath in this like when he was getting shot and it was near the ramp of the ship yeah i was like he's yeah. gonna die him, and he's gonna like and, and people are gonna see this and it's not gonna be good and yeah, then he gets and, saved by ram yeah wreath and cantum i was for both especially of them, with the like, arm gone yeah 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 especially when cantum's talking about their arm burns i was like oh yeah, like, even just like oh, moving oh, the sword oh, no, a little it's, bit because it's even it's even worse with cantum because i forgot when Ram is driving the ship towards the one that Wreath is on. Yeah. Ram and Cantum talk for a little bit, and Cantum ends it by basically saying goodbye, Padawan. And yeah. I was like, oh no. He's like, may the force be with you, <laughs> but he says it so somberly. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, is this, I, I'm dead? Like, yeah, what? This is, this is like, and well, and Ram says, like, this is like a goodbye. And I was like, oh, fuck. All right. I thought it was and because Ram was going to die. I'm like, I don't know what's happening here. Is it Comac or is it Ram? That I don't ship know. It was way too reinforced. Not yeah, yeah. It was going to be. Especially because that when they show us that ship when Ram is talking about it, and it's just like they're describing, oh, it's got no viewports, not gonna know anything, so you got to do this through sense. Was like, is this a Jedi? Oh, some some really like prehistoric tech. So it's if you want to use it right prior. now, you're gonna need <laughs> some force sensitivity to know what the yeah, hell is yeah. going on, on the outside, right? So like, he'll be fine. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this one has not, mean? yeah, not in the ship on the ground. And been taking beatings for like an hour yeah, yeah. Was, oh man so i can't wait till uh, ram yeah. gets into the adult books because he's made his way from the young <laughs> readers to the young adult books to the uh like adult you know like not the not mm. what you're thinking no but get out of here <laughs> as soon as I it's said, just oh, you i i got that for no, it's just, yeah. it's just, like, it's, cut that yeah, the, just cut that right it, out it was just the archer the adult phrasing novels, in my head. yeah like the, the novels i mean like yeah, the normal yeah. like everybody novels yeah because he's, he's making his way up and he's getting like progressively more interesting as a character yeah and honestly have... it switches my mind about him on race, race crash point tower no it doesn't for me it does no <laughs> for me because that he has to be that, that naive character because he's always is. there by himself with these exactly. bomb racks right so he's gonna be this crazy little kid but then mm. as he starts to grow up throughout that year like I, it makes uh... sense I it seems to me what a... it is, but I'm not. I'm. I'm still not changing my opinion of the book. Yeah. Oh, you don't have to. I'm just saying it did the... for me a little bit to kind of appreciate Ram a little bit more. Mm. The way I see Ram right now is the same. Well, no, that's not true. The way I see Ram right now is a better way of how I see Hope from Final Fan. Or yeah, is it Hope? Hope. Yeah, yeah Hope from 13. Final Fantasy 13. Yeah. Where at the beginning of the game, I'm like, I fucking hate you. You're such a worthless character. Why are you even here? Your motivation doesn't even make any goddamn sense. And by the end of it, I'm like, yeah, he's a decent character, I guess. He's nothing special, but he's more palatable than he was before. Ram is Ram is the upgraded version where it went from yeah. If I still read Crash Point Tower, I'm like, ugh. Yeah, honestly, here, kid. You could, but now, you could have, yeah, 
you could have a whole Ahsoka thing going because I remember when mm-hmm, she started mm-hmm. in Clone Wars, everybody was just like, "Oh yeah, I hated, Bam. I hated her from the movie." And look yeah. to the end of it, where everybody's just like, "She, she's on everybody's oh, yeah. walls. She's in live she's action now. Show she's getting on this." Like, if if you had told me when I watched the Clone Wars movie that she was the main focus of the last season, and I would be terrified the entire way through of just what what did this character go through during this mm. right i wouldn't have believed you because i hated ahsoka in that movie with stinky the hut <laughs> but <laughs> can tell you a couple of the problems with that movie me, me love you stinky. Um, oh, he's so good. Um, but yeah like it's a good point you know ram is definitely progressed to a character that i don't hate anymore definitely and is a very good character but... with so much room to grow still i, yeah. I can't wait all, but this all isn't the... gonna Oh, sorry. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, but this isn't going to make me go back to read Crash Point Tower. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, like, all the Padawans so far have been on some great, great arcs like this, where it's... Mm. I know, again, again, because in the Clone Wars, we don't have a lot of them to view, and anytime we see another one... they're still alive by the end of that episode. Exactly. <laughs> their background are just, like, your, your ex... Padawan from this, wherever, mm. and your master, you're going to die. Okay, bye. Yeah. This is, like, there's no, there's no connection there. But we have Reef, who's now a knight. We have Imri. We have Kieran. We have the two younglings from Edge of Balance. We've got. We have a whole cast of characters now. Actually, I'm gonna te- I'm gonna temper that because I'm Red Fallen Star. I don't know who the fuck we have left anymore. Well, and and there's even other characters because we've got all the characters as well from um, the Padawan Adventures group that I don't remember the name of because everyone outside of Lula and Zine doesn't get any screen time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's tons of character because that's a good point with Clone Wars. How many Padawans do we get that live aside from Barris and Ahsoka uh, and, and um, Kanan? Yeah, that's right. And but we don't see him. We in Clone also Wars. get uh, what's his nuts from Jedi Fallen Order. No, but yes, I'm saying like in sorry in the Clone Wars. Oh, in the Clone Wars. Yeah, uh, yeah, not much, not much. Yeah, none that survive at least. And because the whole thing is like this is raging across the galaxy, so there's you know there's generals and commanders all around. Mm. Where are they at? What are they doing? <laughs> I understand that we're supposed to be following this, but there have been some. You've had R two episodes and C three PO episodes. You could, you could have, you could have thrown something to another group. Hey, you, you got two youngling episodes, and you'll like three youngling episodes, and you'll like it. Okay, four mm-hmm. years. <laughs> they were, they were Hondo episodes to me. Really, I was it, it, it will. I'm thinking of that one and the LM episode. LM okay, episode. the LM one was yeah. that one was really good. I like that one. Yeah, yeah. Again, that was the Yoda episode, not the youngling episode. <laughs> That's a fair point. Well, I am the old old man walking stick. I can't remember his name. Starts with a P. The bird guy. <laughs> I can't remember. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Though. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. He's and like he the has old, the blue saber man. inside this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one, yeah. the one that goes on that one mission with Ahsoka, and she's like, "Where the fuck is he with?" Yeah, me? yeah. And she's like, "You're just holding me back." And then he yeah. schools everybody. She's yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> well, so, never mind. <laughs> oh man. Well, oh, I say overall great book. Uh, oh yeah. You guys actually turn turn my mind around on it. So I'm excited I was for say the rankings. The same like having this discussion has actually made me appreciate the book more. Exactly. Nice. All right. Well, yeah, I think that kind of rounds it out. I don't know. Did anybody have any? I can't remember if I had any last points on this, but any any of you guys have any last points you want to go over before we go to the rankings? No, I'm good. All right. Well, let's do it. Yeah. Welcome to the ranking section of this podcast. If this is your first time here, all we do is we go over the book that we did and we give it a score out of 10. 
based off of whatever criteria we feel like is the most important one that day. Uh, so, yeah, with our ranking for Midnight Horizon, uh, Dan, why don't we start off with you? What did you give this? I gave it a 7.5. I don't know why I put All it right. in yours. <laughs> That's fine. But yeah, 7.5. Yeah, I just want to steam that. But... <laughs> Aha, 7.5, there it is. Um, yeah, I gave it 7.5. Uh, I feel like I actually initially was giving this a 6. Mm. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I think it's better than a test of courage for sure, which was a 7 for me. Um, mm. It wasn't as good as uh, Light of the Jedi. Like, I really, like, that book had me the whole way. I felt like this mm. one, when I first listened through it before this discussion, that it was like, oh, it's a side story to Fallen, The Fallen Star. And, like, we're not getting a lot of stuff with it. It's a really slow-paced book. Uh, there was some good action at the end, but, like, does that really make up for the entire book? And then, like, going back through it now with you guys and, like, appreciating all the characters that were in it, as well as enjoying the interactions with Ram and my mind being changed about that character a little bit more, I feel like it has mm. brought it up to a 7.5 in general. Like, it was good, solid read. I recommend reading it, honestly. It's not mm. a bad it's not a bad high republic book and it's not expensive either. I think it's like 20 bucks for a hardcover, which is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Ed, how about you? I'm 7 on this one and I've I've come to realize I was just looking through a lot of my rankings so mm. far and Dad and I are pretty similar for what we rank we do usually have very different reasons as to why mm -hmm. but just looking over my own it was like you know there are things i found average like i gave light of the jedi a seven and that was the first one and it i gave it a seven because to me like that's like from my scale it's like okay it's seven means definitely you should read not mm. not the most fantastic thing and it's not gonna be like a 10 like the bane trilogy that stays with me forever mm. or a Tarkin or a thrawn or anything like that but it's still definitely something i would go back to and read in the future it could be a few years from now it could be a decade from now but i'll go back to it i'll read it mm. again just for the story because it's a, a story worth having and if these characters do grow way more i'll probably come back to it way earlier mm. so it's a story i think it's an enjoyable story if you just want Star Wars and you're just looking for more or new or something, then absolutely you will enjoy it. You will think about it in that time. And then a week later, you'll move on to something else. Maybe. Or you'll, you'll just go and pick up the next book. That's fine. But like, I don't, I can't give it higher than this. I thought about 7.5 and just throughout all our talks, I was going to give it a six. And mm. with us talking and just going over some points and reaffirming some other things and realizing, like, you know, how you're both of you and I, Noma, had that same kind of realization where, like, I'm enjoying it, I'm enjoying it, I'm pulled out again. Mm -hmm. I'm enjoying this, I'm enjoying this, and I've, I'm missing the story points now because I'm caught up on this nonsense. Mm. And then for Dan's reasoning of it's just like, you know, I've been looking at it because at this point, and I'm like, you know, that's fair point too. And so, like, you know, I'm, I could, no, I know I'm not the only one thinking that way. Yeah, yeah. But I also know there's it's, a different perspective there, and some and people will have that different perspective. Yeah, I, so, and I think it it depends on your and I mean this just puts Dan in a better light than the two of us. But I think it depends on your level of cynicism. Yeah. Because I think for us, you know, me and you, when you see a big corporation do any kind of gesture like this, right? 
you kind of start wondering what the intention was exactly especially a place like disney i'm i mean i don't want to harp on it too much but just a scene i'm going to throw out there because it 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 really set the tone of how disney operates for me Mm. is the last jedi where you've got that one you know same-sex kiss at the end of episode nine in every country that accepts that kind of thing yeah but then they pulled that scene and took it out of like Russia and China and the Middle East and all these other. And that's when it kind of goes like, okay, I can see what you're, you're doing. And I'm, yeah. Exactly. I'm disgusted that I, I've realized that it's now manipulation, not yeah. actually just something that you are trying to. Exactly. Yeah. I don't yeah. know where it's coming from. And that hurts me, especially for a book like this. Mm-hmm. But again, it, it's something where like, if it's there for you and you ex- and you're accepting and you enjoy it and you you want to see more of that in novels you'll you will appreciate it in this so it's mm-hmm. like you're not you're not me i'm me so i yeah. th- that's my take on it that's no mistake on it yeah. you could have I, more positive like dan or like if it's hmm. something that you've been struggling I, in books for with years <laughs> and you were really enjoying seeing this all the power to you and i hope yeah. you enjoy seeing more of it i have, do not want to take anything away yeah i just want i all i yeah. want Personal is balance that's it right Exactly. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think it's important to, I don't think it is something that we need to say, but I think it is important to say it just in mm-hmm. case, is that, you know, neither of us have a problem with the relationships that are happening. At all. Yeah. At all. It's just the balance of all relationships overall, right? Yes. Like it, enough, it should, everything isn't peaches and roses all the yeah. time. Everything's not going to be good because it's this way or this way all, all the time. Mm-hmm. There will be tragedy. There will be heartbreak. There will be stuff like that. You have to explore all of that. To, and especially in a young adult novel, I think it's more mm-hmm. important to show the bad sometimes too, so that when that does happen in real life, you can you have a point you of reference. Have, yeah. You're gonna have something to cope with and to sure. mm-hmm. and to relate to because if you think yeah. it's gonna go the way the story does and it doesn't, we've seen how in the past how especially in these cases how things have gone and people have done some really rash things. Mm-hmm. And if you want to eliminate that, and we should be trying to eliminate that as much as possible. There's phone lines you can call. There's mental help you can get. There's all sorts of there's all sorts of resources you can use. This is one of the easiest ways of media to do it, where you don't have to call in. You could just pick up and start to read. Mm-hmm. And this is something that can might be able to help you with your situation. Just be aware of that and look into that. Is all it I'm might, You might for. identify yeah. with it. And then at that yeah. point, it's like, okay, I'm not the only person yeah. that's feeling so something similar you to this. Everyone or, yeah. To be able, yeah, you exactly. want everyone to be able to identify with it. I feel so, like, that. yeah, that's, that makes sense. Yeah. And just with us talking with that, like, that's why I can hold it at that seven and be like yeah mm-hmm. no you can still get everything else if it if they did have stuff like that then i'd give it a little higher but yeah, yeah I'm, I'm waiting to see i hope that in during their phase two stuff if that's the case i hope more of that comes to me wave two mm-hmm. wave two sorry yeah yeah, yeah. then what'd Just you give it make, make it equal for everyone uh yeah so mine i'm actually giving it the same thing that you uh gave it which is a 7.5 Some. and kind of same thing as yeah kind of same thing as you guys i was going through my other um uh, my other books and looking at them and being like okay so why are there reasons why i'm giving this something or a score higher than for example because it was the first one i thought of thrawn a se- uh, greater good mm-hmm. right because i give thrawn greater good a seven and my reason for that was something that actually did surprise me when I thought about it. Maybe it's the fact that I listened to this book at, at 1.7 times speed, so maybe I'm biased. But there there were parts of Greater Good 
where I was just screaming in my head, where it was like, go to somebody else. Yeah. yeah. I don't care about this person's perspective. For sure. <laughs> like, what's his name? The politician dude. Oh, like, I was yeah, just I, trying uh, to think yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lopinic Lopinic or something. Yeah, but I, I, yeah, I don't care about him. So I don't remember his name. But like half the times when it was him and his buddy in their sycophantic stuff, I was like, oh my God, I don't fucking care. Yeah. Yeah, but Thras is the good one. Never mind. Yeah, yeah, th- that's right. Thras was the good one. Um, but ironically, with uh, Midnight Horizon, I didn't get that. I got that like maybe once. I really wanted maybe to know once. what was going on with exactly. everybody in this one yeah. versus just being tired of background character number six talking. Yeah, like I, th- I think the only time it happened for me was when they they cut to uh, Lula and Zine. And it was like, it's time for Cricks. And I was like, I don't care about Cricks. (laughs) I don't care about Cricks at all. (laughs) So I'm pretty sure for that entire point, I was like, I don't care what happens to him. The other character, when, when it was like, oh, they might be in trouble, I'm like, well, they probably won't be, but I guess I'll listen to It bothers me that then... Chris is such a young character, but he's like doing all these like war crimes and like being yeah, like, he's like a like, monster. What <laughs> the <hell> is happening? <laughs> he's only like 14 or yeah. 15. He's, like, oh, he's yeah. like a storm. He's now. in the same cult yeah, that yeah. Zine's like... from. At the same time. I'm just like, man, this kid has seen some shit and done some shit. She's yeah, with Natic, and she's had a, a helper taking her through and, all this stuff. And she also had the the oh, uh, orphan sickness, right? Yeah, <laughs> just like she's older than Jack. Do you remember was. what happens in uh, the Higher Public Adventures comic volume that we covered? Vaguely, that's where Crix was introduced, right? Yeah. And so Crix goes up to Martian, and Martian's like, "Yeah, just like leave him for dead or whatever." Yeah. And then he comes up and like he just like point blank shoots like three people, and you're like, "What the?" And then Martian's yeah, like, "You're one of us." Okay. I'm like, "What the <laughs> hell just then- happened?" Well, and that's what we thought at the end that Martian was like, yeah, 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 you get this uh, shithole planet and I'm just going to go do real people things. And now all of a sudden it's like, no, he's like, a, he's like a trusted member of the like, yeah. What happened on that planet of nothing? Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I get, I understand like to a certain degree why he started down that path. He's just like, you know, you're there with this girl, you know, you like her or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And you guys, you have this whole thing planned in your head. Suddenly she's a superhero. And all the other super crazy power love her. Yeah, they love her, and you have none of that. And so they mm. don't even take a second look at you, and you're just like, but I have value, and I told everybody I have value, and look at me, and everybody used to look at me. Now nobody's looking at me. Why aren't you looking at me? Why? I think... Does someone have anything plastic in their hand? Oh, God. That's my bad. Okay, I, was I was like, just... I'm hearing some fucking static or something. I'm like, what the fuck is that? My I... hands are fiddling, because I was trying... It's all good. Do you, do you uh... think we guys can wrap it up in 10? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I'll go on to that another time because he'll show. He'll probably show up in <laughs> Fallen, uh, Fallen Star. Yeah, probably. And um, he's going to be about as relevant as ever. But you know, well, he'll probably have a bigger interrogation in that. In that book. Yeah. And I'd yeah. love. And if I his... mean, he was on his way to the fault, like to the Starlight, Starlight yeah. Beacon, and now it's not there. Yeah, who knows? So who is he on it? Did he die? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, right. I think that yeah, just about wraps up our uh, ratings. So, join us now for the outro. Welcome to the end of this week's episode of Temple Archives. If you stuck around this long, as always, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. And next week, we'll be going after another book that might tie into this one a little bit. And that is The High Republic, The Fallen Star. Yay! So if you, 
Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Midnight Horizon, Fallen Star. Nothing bad's gonna happen here, right? I'm excited oh, for it. The cover that I got from Out of Print. Oh my mm -hmm. God, it is fire. As soon as I saw it, I told you guys, I'm like, I'm gonna probably stop buying Star Wars novels now. Maybe buy like the limited edition ones, maybe. And I'm like, I bought every single limited edition one after that. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got the one for um, Rising Storm, I think. No, was it Rising Storm? With uh, the Valo thing. Mm -hmm. I got the one, yeah, I got that one, and I got the Thrawn one. I'm like, Thrawn's oh my out. god. I got. I have to get the third Thrawn one now, because I have two of three. It's a problem, <laughs> guys. Well, if you would like to quiz Dan about all of his very, very smart spinning habits. Yay! And uh, it says the guy who plays Warhammer. And, uh, or any other questions or queries or anything that you have about Midnight Horizon or Fallen Star or anything like that, we'd love to hear from you. And Dan, would you mind telling the listeners all the different ways that they can get in contact with My us? spending habits are fine, Noma. And yes, you can get a hold of us at voiceoftheforce.com, <laughs> where you can find an About Us section, a Contact Us section, all of our episode posts. You can listen to the podcast on those webs on the website through each post. There is a link with SoundCloud there. So if you don't have a podcast platform that you like to listen to, you can always listen to us on the website on any phone or any device. Um, you can also email us over at voiceoftheforce at gmail.com your thoughts you can also find us on social media at twitter and instagram at voice force pod retweeting and reposting our new episode tweets does help with growing our listener base and is very much appreciated as well you can listen rate review and follow to the podcast to the podcast that doesn't make sense you can listen rate review and follow the podcast on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, soundcloud spotify amazon music audible and all major podcast platforms Reviewing us with five stars on any or all of those platforms does help with finding us as a new listener. So if you want other people to find us and join the community and engage with us, do that. You can also, when you follow or subscribe for free, you will get the latest episode downloaded to your device automatically during the night as soon as it releases. Your phone will just be like, boop, Voice of the Force is new. Here's a new episode. Thank you, Dan. And remember, if you... If you, <laughs> if you ever want to know what any of the characters in this book were feeling, all you have to remember is there's something inside me that pulls beneath the surface, consuming, confusing. This lack of self-control I fear is never ending, controlling. I can't seem to find myself again. My walls are closing in without a sense of confidence. I'm convinced there's no Poonrod pressure to take. I felt this way before, so insecure. What is that from? Crawling in my oh my skin. god. I'm like, what is this? A rendition. <laughs> oh, best way to end the podcast. As soon as you said, what is this? I, I was like, I'm like, what the, the hell is happening right now? <laughs> I, love, I, love, I love how quickly Ed got it. Yeah, I was like, oh, oh. Vince was sad enough in high school to listen to this. I listened to the song, but I didn't listen to the lyrics at the time, so I, I, didn't, I, I don't I know, know them I know word the for word. I know the song by heart. <laughs> oh my god. There's something inside me that pulls beneath the surface. Consuming, confusing. This lack of self-control I fear is never ending. Control.